0: we're live welcome everyone to another episode of the two abdullah's the epileptic prophet special edition exclusive series that you will soon find this information is going to be available in urdu on other channels as well as abdullah gondal takes this information and spreads it to a better audience i'm on echo and today we have another special episode we're not yet done we're like about halfway done but there's still a lot more content over to you abdullah
1: gondal Hello and welcome to part number four of the Epileptic Prophet. Today we're going to cover a lot of interesting things. We're going to cover Muhammad's amnesia, his snorting, his uh, his black magic, him cupping himself on the head, uh, some of his uh, personality changes. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting one. We're going to also go over more of uh, Farid and his cousin's ignorance and their claims about Muhammad's uh, mental stability. Uh but without further ado, because we have lots to cover and people can't wait, uh, we're going to get started from slide number 214. And as a good refresher, I just added this from uh, Heikel's book, Life of Muhammad. Now, Heikel is an Egyptian author, very, very, very famous book, in fact. Uh, so on the left-hand side, we're going to start. This is just to remind you what we have covered. Uh, we talk about revelation of Aisha's innocence. Now, Muhammad had not moved from his spot. When revelation came to him, accompanied by the usual convulsions, he was stretched out in his clothes and a pillow was placed under his head. So Prophet Muhammad is convulsing, laying on the ground with a pillow underneath his head. Aisha reported thinking that something ominous was about to happen. Okay. Okay. When the Prophet recovered from his convulsions, they looked pale enough to die before the gossip was proven true. After Muhammad recovered, he sat up and began to wipe his forehead where beads of perspiration had gathered. Remember that in this one, it's something to remember is after the convulsions or with the convulsions, the sweating was there as well. The convulsions coincided with the sweating. This will come up in just a few minutes. Uh, in the next page, we see a very interesting one. Khadija comes home one day and finds Muhammad in kind of a seizure-like state. Khadija returned home and found Muhammad still asleep. For a while, she stared at him lovingly, faithfully, and hopefully. Suddenly, she noticed that he was shivering, breathing deeply and perspiring. Now, here you notice that the shivering is also coexisting with the deep breathing, the snorting. It will come up again, and it is also coming again next to perspiring. Uh, Weird that uh, she came home and she found him in this condition. As he opened his eyes, he heard the angel say, Oh, you who lie wrapped up in your mantle when he was covered in the blanket. Now, uh, next page on the third one, we see Khadija describe what Muhammad experienced. As Muhammad entered his house, he asked Khadija to wrap him in blankets. She could see that her husband was shivering as if struck with high fever. A lot of the times you'll see high fever is sometimes used synonymously with convulsions or trembling and shivering. Uh, When he calmed down, he cast toward his wife the glance of a man in need of rescue and said, Oh Khadija, what has happened to me? So Muhammad again is helpless, is confused and is asking his wife for help and that he feared that his mind had finally betrayed him. So Muhammad thinks that he is going insane. And lastly, uh, you see that this is to mention that at times, the high fever gave him convulsions. So this scholar is writing, again, that sometimes Muhammad would experience what we call febrile seizures. They are distinct from epilepsy, but this, again, back then could be understood as them just describing an epileptic fit, which they would describe as a fever uh, attack of high fever Uh, anyways next slide is where we start to get into the next section all right and we are at face color changing snorting and breathing problems now what happens is sometimes uh, when your seizure activity starts to spread from either localized point or generalized uh, seizure even it spreads to somewhere in your brainstem or midbrain regions. Now, those parts of the brain control your breathing, your heart rate, your body temperature, stuff like that. Uh, so as you see uh, in, the <clears throat> in the bottom, cutaneous manifestations of seizures include flushing, pallor, flushing of the face, pallor complexion changes, sweating, piloerection. These are accompanied by sensations of warmth. Remember the the feverish condition? We literally hear that his body temperatures was actually warm. Uh, coolness or discomfort? So you see the pain, those discomfort features are present as well. Now, uh, we're going to move on to the next slide, and we're going to notice something very interesting. Lane's lexicon recalls a word that occurs regarding Muhammad's complexion or his face color changing when he received revelation. So the word is... Uh, or something like that, and it says that set of a man's face on the occasion of anger signifies it became altered by reason of anger, like the color of ashes, parts of it became black on occasion of anger. So one description is that Muhammad's face would become very serious, or he would seem like he's having an attack of severe anger now if you go forward he literally uses the prophet as an example for the definition in the dictionary where he says the prophet's face when revelations came down to him it became altered to a dusty hue and it also means it can be different uh, shades appearing at one time red another time yellow and another time dark we uh, see all of these variations in color happened to Muhammad these can also coincide when uh, you have seizure you can have your heart rate change and that could lead to blood pressure changes in very simple terms that could either re- result in your appearance looking very flushed or the converse as well where you get very red
0: the color changing prophet, the miracle of the <laughs> uh,
1: so once we have that out of the way we're going to get to the next slide And that is about heavy breathing, snorting like a camel. Now, uh, as you see on the left side, this is the same incident. And it talks about what happened to Muhammad. One day he was uh, talking to somebody and he had revelation came to him. Now, one guy was really kind of like, I want to see how the prophet gets the revelation because, you know, it's just a miracle. You want to see the weight of the revelation on the prophet. You want to see how it uh, puts him in, uh, in a compromised state. So it says, telling Yala to come, Yala came and pushed his head underneath the screen, which was covering the prophet. So when he would have seizure, it would cover his face sometimes out of respect. Uh, and behold, the prophet's face was red, and he kept on breathing heavily for a while, and then he was relieved. A very interesting thing to note here before we continue is the point uh, is for a while, because Back in the day, the Muslims did not have a 24 hour sense of timing. Uh, Now, what's happening is we have something called status epilepticus in the modern day. If a seizure lasts for a duration of five minutes or more, or you have two seizures very close to each other before a phase of recovery in between, you can be called a status epilepticus. Now, in the Prophet's case, they do report that he would have seizures uh, that. would last for a while, but they don't indicate the exact time. So he could have been having a, something like that. Now, in the next slide, uh, sorry, in the next screenshot, you can go back, uh, we see that his face was red and he was breathing heavily. And this is then, and the last one is reported, Omar lifted a corner of the clock, I looked at him and he was emitting a sound of snorting. He The narrator said, I thought it was the sound of a camel. Now we have three different hadith described heavy breathing, forced breathing and snorting sounds, and then one says that it appears to be the sound of a camel, right? We went over this in uh, the previous parts, part two, where we saw videos, and as well as part three, we saw videos of patients. They will come up again. But the fact that this snorting is also compared to the snorting of a camel is a very specific detail. Now we're gonna go to the next slide just to affirm that if there are any other uh, narrations regarding this, and we find that, yes, there are. It reports from Sahih Muslim again. And this is quoting from uh, Sirah ibn Kathir. And he again talks about the same one. He raised the edge of his robe from his face while he was receiving revelation. He was all flushed and he would moan like a newborn calf. And in the Urdu one, I just want to read that out. So whenever you'd get revelation, you would have severe burden or severe heaviness and severe fatigue. Uh, so even on a cold day, you'll start sweating because of this fatigue and this weight on you from the revelation uh, that your forehead will be covered with sweat. And then it goes on to add an interesting detail. It says... That your eyes would go red. So he says his eyes were red during these seizures. And that you would take deep, slower, uh, as in, like, kind of like weird reading he's describing of Muhammad. This is again very consistent with what we saw in the videos and in the hadith, where uh, and cases where. Breathing problems are common in seizures. Now, next slide is where we're going to talk about Farid and his cousin. Let's see what they have to say.
0: Um, do you want me to go over the comments before or after this or later?
1: Yeah, Let's take some of the comments right now
0: and then okay, we'll yeah. carry on. Yeah, for good, sure. Good timing. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you to Zagros Ozken, uh for the $20 donation. Some jizya money, my lords. Please don't kill us. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so um, much epistemophilic baba says chameleon peace be upon him (laughs) (laughs) and uh from myth vision podcast love it guys so uh, thank you so much anan had a quick question so we won't dwell on this too long but uh, epileptic socially awkward not to be offensive i ask because there's a lot of hadiths that tell us the prophet is strong confident personality my guess is it doesn't affect the personality outside of the seizures. They just look like normal people. What I would you,
1: I I would disagree with that, as I see that the Prophet's personality had distinct changes, distinct, vivid changes. In fact, uh, it does ha- have uh, corresponding traits. You can look up Gashman syndrome for detail. We actually have a whole... The next half of this presentation is dedicated to his weird behavior. So he'd get everything became, let's say, one thing was... If you look at part one, Ramachandran mentioned kindling. Everything takes a religious thing. Muhammad became OCD, obsessed with washing, cleaning rituals, repetitive rituals, asymmetrical delusions, symmetrical delusions like left side, right side, uh, loss of praying, uh, cleanliness issues, repeating phrases. there are basically, then he also had a violent tendency, so soliciting murders. He actually had an actual tendency to violence. He would get irritated if you would challenge him or criticize him. So you will see that a lot of the personality changes will come up. And in fact, what I have for you in one of the sections, when, when we reach the midway point, when we switch gears to his personality, a special slide with a chart that lists out each personality change And it's by uh, by a couple of doctors, and you can then literally see. Oh boy, Muhammad went through each of them. For example, one of them was his antisocial isolation that started occurring when he started hearing voices. He was starting going to the cave for months and months, which was anomalous too. So a lot of yeah, that's a good
0: point. uh, That's a good point. I actually know someone in my life um, that you know, an older man that had a seizure and his personality totally changed. So yeah, I,
1: seizures I, definitely caused, but, and then we learned that like he wasn't suicidal before, and then suddenly he wanted to kill himself. All these changes, so uh, he definitely had a lot of uh, personality changes
0: after, for sure. Okay, so um, uh, let's just use one last comment, and then we'll I'll start the thing. I don't, I think it's worth mentioning this. You may have noble intentions, but using the term epilepsy or epileptic is hurtful to the people suffering from the ailment.
1: Uh, So firstly, that was not our goal to begin with. We have clarified this in the beginning of the stream and multiple times during throughout the stream where seizures and patients are coming, where we keep reminding to respect the patients. We're not making fun of them. This is for educational purposes only. Uh, This term, in fact, is used by academics all the time, doctors in uh, epileptic fits, epileptic patients or epileptic attacks. Epilepsy as a term on itself should not be offensive, in fact... Another way, what I would see it uh, is the opposite, where we're breaking down the stereotype, where if the prophet of religion can be suffering from these conditions, then you should not look down upon people who suffer from these conditions. And actually, the last uh, quarter of the presentation is dedicated to bringing out exceptional people who have achieved insane amounts of greatness and excellence in their lives. And some of it is actually caused by their epilepsy. And you'll be shocked at the names that come up. In fact, one of the greatest, most decorated literary scholars of her time karen armstrong happens also to be the head of the epilepsy foundation and the right. vice president and suffers from temporal epilepsy and her uh interviews featured where she shares some similarities with muhammad symptoms as well she's gotten like what three honorary phds from, from some insane institutes so uh we will get to that later uh awesome. but no uh, i wouldn't say in fact we did discuss it's in a paper as well in our initial presentation that uh the psychotic delusions of certain prophets apart from muhammad where the authors also say that this helps change people's minds and how they perceive mental illness if prophets and these great people can have it
0: why are we looking down upon these people that is true unless someone's using it as a slur which we're mm-hmm. not like if someone says oh you're autistic and they're being you know they're basically that's called being ableist <laughs> putting down someone or they say <clears throat> you're retarded that is you know an offensive way to put it but if you're discussing matter of fact he may have had this, you know. He had symptoms of this. That's not. That shouldn't be hurtful. We're just describing, you know, medical symptoms. And really last comment, and then this will start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. Adnan Hafiz says, I can't wait to see what Daniel Hakikaju response to this video is. <laughs> so <laughs> I send hope would be. Yeah, People, send it to him. Send it to. Yeah. <laughs> send it to Faleed. Faleed knows all about it. All, all right. right. Let's let's get on with the show. Yeah, Please. Let's get on with it. Let me know the volume. Any issues with the volume?
2: Next point, which uh, where he says snorting like a camel. Let's hear what he's yeah. gonna say, and then I'll. Uh, then, if you want to comment, go ahead, and I'll comment on what he's. <clears throat>
3: <clears throat> this is hilarious. Muhammad would sometimes snort like a camel when he would get the revelation from Allah. It's it's, it's embarrassing. So this guy comes in and he wants to see, and I'll quote, Would it please you to see the messenger of Allah receiving the revelations? Omar lifted a corner off the cloth and I looked at him and he was emitting a sound of snorting. The narrator said, I thought it was the sound of a camel. When he was relieved of this, he said, and then he gives his ideas in revelation. This is just straight up embarrassing. This is a straight up teacher. The guy's on the ground and he's snorting like a camel.
4: So like sounds to me that okay um, so I have I have a, a couple of thoughts to share uh, here. Uh, firstly the word used is Ra and that doesn't mean snorting. Ra um, according to uh, dictionaries is the sound that one makes when one is sleeping. Um, so that that can either be like a heavy breathing or it could be, snoring and not snorting that uh, i'm I'm assuming there's a difference between the two right of course i mean
2: snoring is one thing snorting is another thing um looking at it from a scientific point of view let's say the prophet was snorting snorting can occur as a manifestation of a generalized tonic-clonic seizure which is a convulsion where you have a convulsion you know uh in the uh, narration over here uh, there is no convulsion so uh, snorting here cannot be uh, misinterpreted as a uh, symptom or sign of uh, an epileptic seizure now uh, Gondel can only uh, say that uh, the prophet was having a seizure while snorting Uh, if he was having an eeg hooked and if he was reading the EEG while snorting and the EEG showed a seizure. According to my knowledge, um, Gondal has no idea about reading EEGs. Does he read EEGs, Farid? I don't
4: know, I'm not aware.
2: Maybe, maybe he's an electroencephalographer, maybe. God knows. So, um, the other thing is snoring. Snoring is not not a seizure. So, in both situations, And in order for us to analyze a seizure, you always need to look at uh, the aura, which is the beginning, the ictal manifestation, which is the seizure itself, and postictally what the patient does Um, here, and as well as in all the examples that Gondel mentions, mentions, he goes and picks up a single symptom and then starts saying, this is a seizure, and this is not the scientific
4: way of doing it. Right. Um, I'd also like to add, uh, an interesting point here, because it's not that he just has um, an issue or, or perhaps difficulties with with uh, reading EEGs, but he also has difficulties with reading hadiths. Um, the the narration that he's quoting says the narrator said, um, like a camel, right? And the the narrator here, what's that referring to? It's referring to a, a late narrator in the hadith, most likely Hamam. Um, which is quite late. Uh, you see Hammam is narrating from Ata, from Safwan, from Ya'la, and Hammam is the only person here who, who may have narrated that since others, other students of Ata did not narrate this from Hammam. So this may be um, a, a, an explanation from someone from the uh, late 2nd century, or excuse me, excuse me, early 2nd century. So yeah, I mean, even that, even the mentioning of the camel, um, it's an explanation or or um, a comment, a comment by by a late narrator.
1: All right. So here we have a lot of things he said. So first off, we're gonna tell you that they play around with the translation they will tell you one translation and not the other and then they go off on this uh, weird tangent that it's not snorting it's snoring and somehow snoring deeply absolves muhammad of this and this was not even a, a an objection to begin with because this this was evident from the narrations to begin with uh, so we're going to get to the next slide now and see what oh, farid this I wanna,
0: yeah i want to respond to a couple of things he said <laughs> um one is he he taught well there's two things one of them is dumb and the other one is actually, I think, worth ch- talking about. The dumb comment is saying you have to read EEGs to know Muhammad was epileptic. Again, just going kind to of remind everyone, we are not making a medical diagnosis. You, it's it's impossible. I don't know if it's impossible, but it's it's very difficult to make a post to humus, meaning after death, medical diagnosis of Muhammad. Even Dr. Ali Lizby was on the show said, you can't do that. However, you can come up with a plausible explanation that, that explains his behavior, things that cannot be easily explained otherwise. So I just want to make that point. He are strawmanning us by saying that we're making a medical diagnosis. We're not. Obviously, none of, did, did, none of us ever said we put an EEG. Anyways, <laughs> according, to, according to Islam, Sunni Islam, his body should be fully preserved, right, like in the grave. <laughs> so, you know, his body I still there, supposedly, right?
1: <laughs> so just to comment on that, in fact, we literally, in the initial presentation, we were talking about this, and we said exactly this. This is not a literal clinical diagnosis. We don't have the patient in front of us with EG's and stuff. So we can't determine the exact cause of Muhammad's seizures and whatnot. Now, what we can do is we can narrow it down. Okay, this looks very, very, very much like epilepsy, So the idea of the prophethood can be discarded as epilepsy is more likely. Uh, But carrying on, we're going to get back to Farid.
0: One more last thing I think is worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. When he said the explanation, this he's quoting the Hadith and he's saying this, the narrator added this explanation. We're talking about the narrator of the Hadith from the second century is interpreting it another way and Farid is saying no 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 that, that guy doesn't know anything <laughs> the, the Hadith in Sahih Muslim the narrator is interpreting it as snorting it was a snorting of a camel mm-hmm. or, and Fareed saying oh what does this guy know
1: really exactly that's interesting one too yeah <laughs> but anyways okay. let's yeah. get to the next slide and we'll unpack it in more detail all right. So uh, this slide here, we have two dictionaries tell us about that. What Farid does is he isolates one translation, right, and then he projects that all of the translations or the only translation is just that translation, right. And then he tries to seem to just completely forget about that. Why are these scholars translating the word snorting? The guy who wrote Ibn uh, translated Ibn Kathir's uh, uh, Sirah, he used the word snorting like a newborn calf. He's a scholar of whatever language he did the translation. Then the one we use from Sahih Muslim, he used the snorting. Why would they do that? Because when you look at the dictionaries on the left, we have one and I've highlighted the one where it says uh, it can mean snorted and it can mean braying. The braying of a camel or a donkey. (laughs) And at the bottom, again, I've highlighted that snorting is a valid. uh, They also say rattling as well. Now, uh, again, like I said, on the right side, we have Almani's English Arabic dictionary. He says snoring of a man during sleep, but then the next one is snorting sound in uh, breathing during sleep and an explosive sound made by sudden forcing of breath through the nose. So him trying to downplay that this is not actually snorting is also kind of or dishonest. Uh, and then the next slide we're going to go to is his cousin keeps saying that where is the seizure? like, where is the seizure? This narration doesn't have the seizure, so the snorting cannot be related to it. We started off today at slide number 214, and we talked about, like I said, remember, this is going to come up again. The convulsion came with the snorting and the breathing anomalies. A lot of the times, we went over in detail in part two and part three, but just to clarify that point that when this guy says, where is the seizure, he doesn't realize, or he's not reading it, or he just is completely ignorant. So uh, let's go to the next slide. This is just one of the many examples I'm choosing. You can go through the sections. There's numerous ones. And whenever the revelation descended upon him, he was greeted, overtaken, by trembling. And another narration, he says, he showed signs of restlessness. His face color would change. His eyes would close. And he would breathe deeply like a camel. This is also narrated in Sirat Halabiya as well. And then translated like that as well. Now, uh,
0: the bigger problem they have is they don't need to refute us. They need to refute see that Halavia. They need to refute their own scholars. They need to <laughs> refute, the, you know, even Kathir and others, right? Not exactly. Us. We're not, we're just, you're just quoting it, right? Exactly. And also another thing is that
1: a lot of these uh, narrations, right, they don't always give you the full picture because you have to understand that there's two streams Of information that's coming to you. One is going to be the patient's own experience, Muhammad describing his internal sensation. And then there's going to be another external observation made by other people that are going to say, okay, we saw Muhammad trembling. Well, at that trembling time, they're seeing him. Muhammad is whatever's knocked out unconscious or seeing an angel or whatever, Uh, whatever that case is. So keeping that in mind, these narrations need to be read together. And as we're seeing that, we also already showed uh, in Heikel's book that the trembling did coexist with the breathing problems. And also in first uh, revelation, this was the case. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Now, the next slide is uh, gonna be a little difficult. This is gonna be very important because, because we're talking about the camel sounds and the snorting sound and the breathing sounds. I've chosen these two videos of these patients to uh, amplify that specific aspect of Muhammad's uh, seizures. Again, disclaimer, Don't make fun of the patients. This is for educational purposes only and has been taken from the public domain. Hence, we are not trying to infringe on the privacy of these patients. Uh, With that aside, uh, pay attention to the snorting sounds or the grunting and the breathing sounds. Because the word, uh, the calf or the camel breathing is very specific. Let's get to it.
5: (coughs) so it's most safe if we uh, get her to her side this is her second
4: seizure today if you or someone you know has seizures um, i'm interested to know if you uh have a lot of slobber during them or if they have a lot of okay. slobber and spit during them let me know in the comments
5: if
6: you okay, Raylan? Ah.
5: Mm-hmm. Ah.
4: Ah. 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 She's been doing this thing where uh, her seizure is either over or mostly over, and yet she still has trouble breathing for a while afterwards. Sorry about the buzzing. Another one of my daughters
5: is texting me. Really, right, then, what is this noise?
1: so as you saw again it was very 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 hard to watch uh but uh, the point that i was driving home was uh the stiffness in her body and the breathing difficulties and the specific uh deep heavy or gasping for air and then snorting sounds that sound like a brain or snorting of a camel or a calf baby like the hadith says the newborn uh, calf so it's it's very very similar, and again, it makes no sense. As you said, if you're feeling bad watching this, the whole point, and I wanted to reiterate with the keeping in mind that comment from earlier, uh, that I actually do feel terrible for Mohammed. In fact, I understand, and a lot of people will start empathizing with the guy because he had a disorder which was mishandled because people just didn't know better. And he was, in fact, exploited by people around him in a way or exploited by the ignorance of people in that era. But uh, at the end of the day, when you think about Muhammad laying on the ground, convulsing and snorting like a camel, the fact that they even thought of adding that had to have occurred because his snorting was so violent or noticeable, right? Um, That if you feel bad that the state this person is in, uh, then the whole point is that God shouldn't be inflicting this upon you to give you revelation. It makes absolutely no sense. No sense whatsoever. And that's why I say that if you can demonstrate Muhammad having seizures or neurological anomalies like this, then the whole core of Islam completely crumbles down. Because if you can't, Muhammad can't trust his own mind like we saw. How can you trust him? Right? Um, With that uh, said there's another video we're gonna we're gonna watch uh and that will be kind of similar just to show you another different manifestation of these sounds There could be grunting and uh we'll watch that and then we will continue to proceed and then before the end of this section we will take questions
3: Uh, I don't care. Make
0: sure the dancing doesn't leave the island. sister. What do you think? Stop that. Could be.
5: You Don't cover
3: the camera.
5: Is it. Come oh. it, leave it. Just a... I can't see the one. Ah, No, excuse me, you're covering the camera. Sorry. It's just it's
1: now listen for the snorting okay,
5: this
1: So uh, again, that was hard to watch, but as you saw that, uh, he first like started looking to his left and he had a huge grunt, which he made as a sound. And then he had a little bit of a convulsions and stiffness. And then when he's, his convulsions stopped for a bit and he still had that deep, heavy, hard breathing that at times like sounded like, uh, the girl earlier, the snorting camel sounds and. Uh, the whole point is to show you that these descriptions are very poignant, but very specific. And again, seeing this and having your profit being in this condition automatically disqualifies him from being a profit, basically. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to go to the next slide. And here we have his face color would change or to red or pale. And uh, Ubaidah bin Samat reported that when the inspiration descended upon the Prophet, he felt a burden on the account that his face would go under a change. He felt its rigor and the complexion of his face change. This is the same hadith that was, according to a lot of other scholars, read instead of Farah with Aza, and it would mean that he would be foaming and frothing at the mouth. We covered this in detail in part three. Uh, but again, we're going to move on to the next slide. Now, here we have Dr. Didikur could bring up patients that almost have literally the exact kind of manifestations in facial color with Muhammad's seizures. So here we go. Uh, in 1899, in these spells, she was said to have a nausea, to be somewhat confused, and to articulate indistinctly or incoherently. She did not at first become unconscious In them until 1903. So like we said that sometimes they're going to have your consciousness affected, sometimes not, sometimes you'll be partially aware, sometimes you'll be fully knocked out. Uh, In these seizures, her face would turn an ashen hue and her expression became drawn. The patient described an attack in the spring of 1904, said that she had a sensation of some kind in the region of her stomach, and this was soon followed by a sense of taste and smell, uh, and she goes on. Again, we see the words turn and ashen hue, which we saw earlier, were the ones almost literally described for Muhammad's uh, face as well. As he would go f- uh, f- flushed. And then in the next case, I seem to hear everything that has been ever said to me in all my life and experience a series of orders as if I were passing through a perfume shop. Muhammad has reported some hadith that he would smell paradise. I can smell the musk of Jannah. So that's an interesting one. Uh, uh, This lady also hears a lot of the things memories play back. And interestingly, she's hearing voices as well. Uh, She would see a little black woman who always seemed rather agreeable, uh, seemed engaged in cooking and was always flitting about the kitchen. So she had this lady walking around the kitchen, right? Notice, interestingly, if neurology wasn't at play here, this person would have thought, oh, maybe there's a ghost haunting my house that hangs out at the kitchen all the time, right? But... Again, uh, we find that this was actually a uh, person suffering from seizures. Uh, these are very interesting uh, cases that uh, keep popping up again and again. We'll go over them more. Now, if there are any questions for this section, since we did go over some snorting and some really heavy videos and some heavy material, uh, we can take them now.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of things I'm going to highlight. Uh, Smucks killed wrestling. Uh, welcome again, uh, Muslim uh, viewer. He says, hello, everyone. I'm enjoying the series. Adnan Hafiz says, one of the greatest arguments for Islam is the unexplainable, unequivocally miracle of the Prophet. But now we have a possible explanation to this miracle. So, uh, another Muslim viewer, welcome and thanks for your comments. Um, Let me see, is there anything else? I'm going to add, I'm going to show my comment, which is kind of Mm -hmm. tangential, but it's hard to believe a kind, loving God could do such a thing. It's so messed up just watching that. It's like, I wouldn't do that to anybody. Like, imagine someone intentionally designed, you know. Um, okay, one more comment, uh, at least, which is, did no one in the 7th century know about epilepsy or seizures?
1: So uh, this we've mentioned before. Uh, in a bit more detail, I'll quickly go over that. Yes, they knew, in fact, ancient Egyptians perform procedures where they drill holes to get the seizures out, the demon spirits out, which is actually helping to relieve intracranial pressure which can uh, alleviate a lot of the symptoms some of the times. Romans, Greeks had written about it. They knew about it. But the problem was Arabia was in that pocket of ignorance. It was way underdeveloped compared to the surrounding areas. So uh, there were certain people who knew something that was going on with Muhammad, especially the elite class of Meccans who would be more knowledgeable and he would travel more to those areas that are trading routes and stuff, right? That's they used to so, so one of them, I think, was Nadir ibn al Haris who was a Persian doctor. And as we saw earlier, that, that they did suggest that he was possessed by a demon. And then one of them, in some of the narrations, that comes up that they were trying to get him treated by a physician or a medical, or it's not a, their equivalent of a medical doctor or their equivalent of a shaman or a, a exorcist, Pir Baba. Uh, But yeah, that's one of the reasons that uh, you do see people accuse him of being crazy right away. In fact, there's like 10, 12 verses where they're just saying, Yeah, indeed, you are mad. Right. So uh, they did notice the anomaly. They just didn't know enough to pinpoint because his epilepsy, uh, like I said, he himself wasn't sure at first, right? Muhammad was unsure of his own own sanity. Uh, So again, like the ignorance of people at that time allowed him to spread and enabled his, his islam for example if he had appeared with the same symptomology lesson in, uh, in in greek or roman or persia he might not have had the same success because people might have been more well aware of that or if he appeared with these symptoms in our modern day and age he'd be driven to a hospital asap like no questions answered uh, so uh yeah uh, that was all i'll say about this for now we have lots more
0: okay uh, the story of job suffering in the Bible. Muslims say Muhammad <laughs> sufferings were similar. It's a test, yep.
1: Yes, God. Lord does work in mysterious ways. He has <laughs> these very mysterious ways to test out his uh, his prophets, eh?
0: Yeah. Okay, while I was waiting, there's a couple more good comments. Georgina Thompson says, Muhammad had textbook symptoms of epilepsy down to the post-ictal symptoms.
1: Exactly. That's something like I was I was talking about too in uh, off-air with a couple of people, uh, Friends and doctors uh, and they were saying that uh, at times a lot of the times, which you have to go off on is the description of the patient's seizures recorded by his family members or these days they'll record videos, videos. in fact yeah. the videos you're showing half of them are for the purpose of showing the doctor later on mm-hmm. um so uh, yes you can make like i said that's the whole point we can make a very 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 uh, certain claim that he was suffering from what looks like epilepsy. We can't be certain about what specific uh, reason was causing it. Like we can't know if it was a tumor, it was scarring from his birth, perinatal issues. Did he have an infection when he was younger? Cause there was like a epidemic going on. He did have a couple of seizures as a child. Could have been multitude of factors, right? We just don't know what was causing it. But yeah, his case is so textbook that by the time we are done, and we have, I'm making a chart with all the symptoms and changes. It's And when you change the name of Mohammed out with some, other be Elsa's name. That's when you're, you will even see, okay, yeah, you know what? Everybody would have started saying that he was, uh, he was epileptic. So there's a lot of biases associated with it too, but yeah, we'll get yeah. to this in a, a lot more detail in the conclusion section. We're going to bring up, uh, I think we'll bring Ali Rizvi and another surprise friend of mine that uh, is also a, uh, a graduate from one of the world's leading medical schools to help us uh,
0: talk about this as well. I was going to say, what we are seeing here when we read the Hadith, it's like a video. It's like we're seeing a video of Muhammad. Imagine seeing those videos and saying, you can't can't say these people had epilepsy, but you can see quite clearly that's exactly what's happening. It's the same idea with what we're describing with the Hadith. We're we're seeing a video of Mm -hmm. his life, so to speak, right? think about this
1: in an inverse way where if we have no EEGs and stuff can we never ever determine that anybody ever in history had epilepsy before the invention of those methods to test them out right so people did indeed have epilepsy so then you ask the question well imagine the most explicit uh, description of seizures and epilepsy that exact description is what we find about Muhammad. so from a historical perspective negating the the EEG thing apart from the eegs and stuff we have literally every other thing that would fit in with the epilepsy diagnosis that's the point yeah. that i would say yeah. needs
0: to be understood and just uh georgina mentioned that she's a doctor so i was i was wondering from the comments oh she wow can... okay well thank you <laughs> <laughs> there you go she has more credibility
1: and say in saying this uh Smux uh, said, damn,
0: these are great points. We'll believe, I, you, I
1: actually do not want to engage with him further because the deception... He blocked about... us both. He doesn't want to talk to us. Anyways, yeah, he wants to talk about us. The thing is, like the lying and the deception that I'm unmasking here for you guys, after I'm done with the whole of this, is like going to be so many parts. I'm going to make a specific targeted video. I'm going to be taking snippets from my initial presentation showing you the straw man and his lies with a counter in the corner. And I'm going to tell you, in his response to me, the guy didn't utter a single point almost that was not a lie. It would, it's so ridiculous. And we're kind of showing that through here too, but I'll make a specific response to him with details. Uh Some,
0: Yeah. Okay. Just to finish off on with Georgina. Thank you, Georgina. This is actually adding some value to the presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was saying, basically confirming what you said. This is how we differentiate pseudo seizures versus epileptic slash organic seizures I've treated many patients with seizures, so and a lot of patients don't have positive findings on EEGs. That's interesting as well. And she says, Finally, you're doing a fantastic job! Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is amazing. I mean, you know, I don't know where you are, and uh, you know, I'm just taking your words at face value here, but obviously, you you talk like a doctor, so I'll trust you on what you're saying. (laughs) Thank you so much, Regina.
1: All right, so we're going to come back to the sweating again, and we've been going through over and over again that the sweating keeps coming up whenever he's having convulsions or the seizures, he keeps sweating, right? So let's go over what the hadith say about it, and we're going to start from the left side. Uh, So there overtook him the same heart condition which used to overtake him when he was divinely inspired, and the drops of sweat were running down like pearls, though it was a cold winter day. And that was because of the heaviness of the statement, which was revealed. And the right side, so they overtook him the same state. They used to overtook him. uh, And then drops of sweat, same hard condition. And he started dripping of sweat, heavy perspiration, even though it was a cold day. Right. Uh, And the next, uh, we just keep affirming, the next slide is 228. We see the same thing repeated in a couple other books that uh, Aisha added. I saw Revelation come into him on an intensely cold day, and he would sweat, and his forehead was dripping with sweat. Uh, Revelation was descending upon him. Same thing. And just to affirm that this was indeed a very common sight for him to start sweating during his revelatory experiences. Now, let's see. What Farid has to say about sweating because man, this guy just cannot stop lying or his cousin they're just so unaware of what's going on it's almost like a like they just uh, let's keep watching oh, you're muted Samir yeah so going into
2: what he mentions about sweating and agonizing pain. Okay, sweating can be a part of autonomic activation that occurs during a seizure. Where is a seizure in, in Hadith?
4: There is no seizure. Pain can be a part of having a seizure, um, but the hadith, again- The Hadith doesn't mention anything about pain, by the way, um, which, is, which was something interesting. You see, um, he doesn't even share a screenshot of a hadith that that mentions pain. So that's just a a little side point.
1: All right. So this is kind of getting frustrating with these amount of lies and ignorance where he keeps saying like, oh, sweating is a sign of a seizure. But where is the seizure? Like, guy, like we went through all these seizures. It's as if they're pretending to either not know on purpose or they just actually don't know. Uh, but we're going to go through just to show you just some few examples from all the other ones we've gone through just to affirm their ignorance and show you that these guys are just lying, straight up lying to save face. And he even shows the wrong hadith and accuses me of, of, of not showing the pain hadith, whereas the pain hadith had been in the presentation all along. We'll get to that. Let's get to the next slide.
0: And uh, thank you, Jorg. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right. George Asmussen for... Uh, 200 Danish crones. I appreciate the donation. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. All right. So uh, here we have, we've been over this before, Hasais al-Kubra by Sayyuti. This is a sahih hadith. Daid bin been narrated, I used to write down the revelation. When the revelation descended upon him, he would be seized by severe trembling and convulsions and severe sweating like pearls. It clearly says in this hadith that the trembling convulsions Occurred at the same time as the sweating, like Farid's cousin was expecting us to find. And this is not my translation. This is done by Maulana Muhammad Abdul Ahad Qadri, Proof Rabbi Muhammad Ma Farooq Siddiqui. Now we're going to go to the next slide just to reaffirm that we have uh, other. This is from Sira ibn Kathir, and we see here that he would be gripped by a feverish condition, and that is, he would breathe hard and sweat profusely. Uh, When revelation came to him, his face would turn red and he would breathe heavily and fast like a young camel, while his forehead would be uh, perspiring on an extremely cold day. So they're also saying that he would be breathing hard and perspiring and he'll be feverish, trembling condition. So no, these were all co-occurring. For detail, you can go to section uh, part three, part four, uh, sorry, part two and part three, we went through the convulsion section in detail. Next slide, we're just going to go through that over again. And that used to shake him severely, and he would sweat intense, sweat like pearls. Uh, Reaffirming, these have been mentioned before. Now, the next slide is very important, which comes to the pain hadith. Now, the pain hadith, uh, like Farid said, that I never mentioned it, I showed the wrong screenshot. so here we are going to first, the top part is from Sirah bin kasid uh, The messenger of God would become in pain when revelation came to him and his face would look very serious. According to one account, this wording should be, and his eyes would close, and we recognize this in him. Now in the bottom, this hadith like I showed you earlier, has been part of the presentation, the initial one. This one the whole time, he felt its rigor. He felt the same rigor. He felt relief. The word is kurb. Let's go to the next slide and show you again the meaning from the dictionary, just so we know who. Who's lying? That's the word. It says extreme mental or physical suffering to torment severe physical or mental suffering caused by extreme pain, uh pain, suffering from a continuous dull pain, cause of suffer severe mental and physical pain. At this time, it's pretty clear that Farid is the one who's lying, manipulating my argument and trying to seem like he's 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 doing something, but no, he actually isn't. In fact, the hadith he showed ended up showing uh the word buraha which we know is the one that was translated by some of the scholars as convulsions with that said we are going to go to slide number 235
0: i was going to add um there's also another hadith where mm-hmm. muhammad said that normal people are tested and you know prophets are tested even worse <laughs> with suffering right he talks about the suffering of fever and you get ten times the suffering of no. Yeah, life. and we were
1: talking about like he'd say though you have to have headaches, and you know, headaches are sign <laughs> of people of Jannah. If you don't have headaches, you go to hell. Like, why is this weird obsession with headaches? So yeah. It's weird when you think about this. A lot of things start falling into place. All right, facial flushing. This isn't the same. Oh, sorry, paper. one more
0: thing. Sorry, one more yeah. thing. I just want to mention. I just want to emphasize here how outstanding this presentation is. That not only are you showing the hadith you're going to the root of the words. I mean, we shouldn't even have to do that. You shouldn't even have. Yeah. But of course, that's what they're going to say. The it is mistranslated. That's not what it means. Gondol is coming with the seats. It's showing you what the actual words mean too. So you can't say that's not what it means. Oh, that's not, that's not snorting. That's snoring. Okay. <laughs> Checkmate ex-Muslim. He didn't have, epilepsy he was snoring like during the day he was just snoring <laughs> <laughs> like okay yeah like... no but
1: what's funny is like suddenly a prophet has said and then suddenly he has revelation he's taken over and then he just starts snoring all of a sudden <laughs> on its own it doesn't make sense why would suddenly somebody start just snoring and then turn red and then get <laughs> suddenly wake up I god talk to me like makes no and yeah,
0: like the other one he's looking to the side and
1: yeah, it's that was tiny, very specific too.
0: any <laughs> slam dunk case, but, anyways.
1: Exactly. All right. So, uh, facial flushing, pallor, and sweating. It's from the same paper. We're just going to highlight this specific part cutaneous manifestations. We talked about uh, pallor sweating, pallor erection. In the previous slide, we were talking about the respiratory problems that can occur as well. Uh, we're going to go to the next slide that we now uh, know. Now, this one is talking about the lingering thoughts that i mentioned in part two and three now a lot of the times uh, <clears throat> not that the experience during the seizure or muhammad would get the seizure and what happened during the seizure is the revelation sometimes patients don't remember the whole duration of the seizure sometimes they remember the aura and in during the aura you have the hallucination and that's when you get the revelation sometimes the seizure may cause an imbalance in your brain that causes your thoughts From before that you were thinking about or thoughts that come up that you then perceive as revelation. But it's not necessarily uh, like Muhammad had a fever, a a seizure, and then he saw the angel and the angel told him. And then that's exactly what it was. Uh, No, it's just lingering thoughts that come out, twisted, confabulated by the mind. Uh, That's what he talks about. So we're just going to talk about a little bit this reading from his book. In the attacks, the patient would become vacant and would sometimes lose consciousness altogether for a short time. He mentally sees people he has not seen for some years. He had also trembling movements. Trembling was very rapid and lasted on and off quite an hour. Dreamy states or trance like states are other aspects of CPS. He's also, we're going to also get into Opsan seizures of Muhammad in a little bit, so that's also related to that. The defect of consciousness of the environment, but the person is not completely unconscious, as in syncope, as in a fainting spell. When the patient awakens uh, from the dreamy state, he may then falsely think that some theme or idea that he was originally interested in was revealed to him by the Almighty God. Patients may have amnesia for these dreamy episodes. Uh, Then he goes, patients may seem to be chewing food, making masticatory movements sometimes more complex activities can ensue so uh this is uh showing us about like we said think the lingering thoughts that can come out as revelation or delusional thinking now we conclude this section here and we went over how farid because we conclude
0: yeah. the section i just want to elaborate one point here we we showed uh we we showed an example of a patient interviewed by dr Ram and i'm probably saying his name ramachandran um where he said he felt like god was talking to him he was having he was having not this like he was having ecstatic seizures not like exactly like kicking the ball seizures like this but i guess he also did talk about like the suffering and the pain and he was crying at one point i guess it went both ways but he also said he it felt like god was revealing the truth of, of the reality or the nature, you know, to him, right? So just can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so a lot of times these people, when they have large seizures, uh, especially, they will sometimes, <clears throat> yeah, if, like we've gotten where a lot of cases, the Messiah complex appears, where they start thinking that, god has chosen them and they get obsessed with moral deviances in society so a lot of these patients they start talking about there's corruption you know you're worshiping the wrong god they become obsessed with ritual the one thing they become obsessed with this is the one thing that pops out it's the heaven and hell thing again religiosity is not the only manifestation but it does come out frequently in epilepsy of temporal about origin uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's a very common thing. We've seen multiple cases of uh, so far. We'll see more as we go along in Dr. Dede's book. And Ali Rizvi was talking about this too, like in Pakistan when he was doing his rounds in uh, for his uh, residency or something. Uh He was interested in psychiatry for a year and he met a lot of these people that were coming up with these very complex philosophical ideas about the universe, right? So that's the thing, like these people sometimes do, come up with these very sophisticated complicated delusions in fact i mean i'm not supposed to say this but some of my personal interactions with some of these people uh uh that th- the elaborate discussions with i know some people that have written books with two to three hundred characters and have them published like i know people like this in fact i know mean, a person in real life pages you mean you said characters. no no 200 300 characters as in characters in the story oh, yeah, yeah Yay. exactly Yay. oh uh and i mean so there is one other one that i know that he starts uh just spewing hours verses of poetry right after his seizures or episodes right and i know these people in real life i'm just mentioning them without mentioning their names uh but just to get it out there that they keep saying that i don't I've never met these people. I've never met a patient. I've never seen an epileptic. I have had uh, my quite fair few of interactions and uh, occurrences like that with these uh, people.
0: All right. Oh, so I'm muted. <laughs> if you're watching and enjoying the show with one hour in, and you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, do leave it a five-star review. It does help us and it gets to show up in the charts on, on the Islam category. And if you're watching on YouTube, go and like the video. Give it a thumbs up and this actually helps us as well on YouTube. So if you're appreciating the content, you can't donate, you don't have money, there's other things you can do. You can share the video with others. Please find five people to share it with. If everyone shares this video with five people, this is... This meme is going to go viral and it already has, but we want it to keep going viral. We don't want it to die just yet. And as well, you know, uh, thank you everyone for your, um, who's donated so far and, you know, appreciate all the support. So um, just wanted to say that.
1: All right. So we're going to get back to the slides. Uh, We are going to the lip smacking section right on. So as you've seen so far, a few videos, in fact, one of the last ones where you see the guy's head was turned the left and he was laying on the uh the bed and he moved his lips Uh, we saw the girl looking interested on the right side of the world moving his lips There's another guy he kept moving his leg and his arm was like this uh so we see lip movements come out why does this happen because when you have a seizure right if it starts spreading to to put it very simply the part that controls uh, your lips is one of the biggest motor parts That or the amount of neurons dedicated uh, in the brain, uh, physically taking space, because we use our mouths to produce complex sounds. The mouth, the hands, and if you want to look it up, it's called the homunculus. Uh, They have a figure that corresponds to our brain's neuron dedication if it was to be modeled into a figurine. Uh, So when a seizure starts spreading, the the electrical circuit... uh, Firing may spread to the region which controls your lip movements. So you see a lot of times chewing movements, uh, lip moving movements may co-occur or coincide with seizure uh, events or like, uh, for example, sweating, breathing problems and other issues. Now, let's get in to the next slide we'll go just a little bit over the academic aspect of it so uh, we're just going to talk about focal seizures can include involuntary movements automatisms like rubbing of the hands lip smacking chewing movements when they involve frontal lobe you may see bicycling movements of the legs or pelvic thrusting or other complex movements complex focal seizures may stare blankly into the face or experience automatism non-purposeful, repetitive movements such as lip-smacking, blinking, grunting, gulping, or shouting. On the right side, we have WebMD, uh, uh, staring straight ahead, repetitive swallowing, uh, and this is common in uh, petite mal A uh, period of confusion and deep sleep. Repetitive lip-smacking may indicate temporal lobe seizures. Uh, abdominal discomfort, the epigastic rising we've discussed, visual sensory hallucination, and distorted perception of deja vu, the dreams, thinking that what's already happened in the dream. Such seizures are often followed by a period of weakness or paralysis. Now, this is interesting. Remember the section, the fatigue and the torpor that Muhammad would be seized by after his seizure? This, again, corresponds with that. Moving on to the next slide. Again, we have Farid trying to rescue his prophet from the inevitable by twisting the reading of the hadith. Okay. Let's go to the next set. Uh,
3: lip smacking and jittery teeth. When Muhammad would get the the inspiration, and he would bear it with great trouble, and he used to move his lips quickly with the inspiration. It would be something like, blah, 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 like this, which is lip smacking, rhythmic, and it's an automatism, right? Uh, but what's happening here is Muslims are saying, "Oh no, it's just because he's following the angel fats," which is like Samir said, is a confabulation and
4: a Please pause it for a second here. Uh, now, okay. So the the hadith says that he moved his lips. It, it doesn't say. It doesn't say smacked his lips. Um, so that's the first thing. It says he's he's moving his lips. He's moving his tongue in order to keep up with the revelation. That's the first thing. Uh, so, firstly, does does that make a difference? In rega- is there a difference between that and and smacking the lips?
2: Yes, there is a difference. Moving your lips is just what we're doing right now when we're talking. Lip right. smacking would be something like okay. that's lip smacking. And you can you can go and Google some some videos to see what lip smacking automatisms are. Again, this proves that Gondel has never seen a patient seize before. He's talking out of um, inaccurate uh, knowledge and inaccurate reading. So what he uses uh, is yeah. a misinterpretation of the hadith, again, because he's a non-Arabic
4: native speaker. and Or maybe he's lying. It doesn't even say that in English. In English, it says moving my lips. And it says uh, okay. moving, um, the Prophet used to move his lips. So, it do- so doesn't say the, the word smacking isn't even in English. <clears throat> then he's lying. Yeah. He's trying really hard. He's trying really
1: All right. So we're back to the lip smacking bit. All right on. So first point they make is, uh, well, the word is moving his lips, but it's not lip smacking. This is just a game of semantics. You're kind of asking for specific word games. Like, Why did they say that, but not describe it with the specific terminology you would see? In today's nomenclature and that's not how arguments work now another thing you notice and what they did here was they purposefully again like with the ringing bell hadith excluded the part which says he used to bear the uh, the revelation with great trouble and whilst dealing with the trouble and the pain he was wearing uh, he was moving his lips and that would indicate the revelation was occurring right so they exclude the part and they lie about that that part not existing then that same hadith adds another interesting detail if this was just normal regular lip movements that somebody's talking why do you need two companions after that to physically demonstrate how muhammad was moving his lips it doesn't add up
0: all right i have, I have there's another point that doesn't add up if god is revealing it to you but, 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 like why are you moving your lips exactly it shouldn't be happening in the first place it's like he's not reciting it like he's not recite that's not moving lips then if he's reading the quran you know alif lam that's not moving lips right that's mm-hmm. and of course they're not going to say smacking lips that's like modern language right yeah like <laughs> <That's these a laughs> <scientific. cities. laughs> but 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 again if if god is revealing something to me why would i be moving my lips again that's that doesn't make sense that that's not obviously there's something else going on here exactly now the
1: funny thing is the specificity of this uh of this uh autumn automatism occurring while he's suffering through great trouble and the revelation which is we now know is almost always synonymous with seizures this is Highly, highly more likely to be an automatism than the angel actually coming and talking to Muhammad. And apparently the angel would recite what too fast and Muhammad was trying to follow the angel. But he was scared that he'd forget it. Hence, he would recite (laughs) it. And what's funny is we will get to the next section, which is about the memory of Muhammad, where there's hadiths that say Muhammad would get seizures, but he would get no revelation. Which literally makes no sense. It's why is God causing him to hear ringing bells, have these states, but then there's no, uh, no revelation? Or that Muhammad would forget the revelation altogether? But don't worry; those were the verses that were going to be abrogated all along. We'll literally see these explanations come up, and it's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but another thing uh, is that in the hadith it says lowering head. Muhammad would lower his head later on in the. Uh, uh, with the lip packing. And this is actually interesting because this is a separate from the lip smacking. And we'll discuss this in the opson section where atonic head drops it will be seen uh, and you'll see that Muhammad lowering his head and then raising it back up after a while it can also be a form of a seizure. And again, these are some remarkably, like everything you find about his revelation, like literally everything is epilepsy symptoms. So uh, we're going to go to the next slide and we're just going to review the hadith that we were talking about what Farid had omitted. So as you see on the left side, when Gabriel revealed the divine inspiration uh, in Allah's Apostle, he moved his tongues and lips, okay? So you can see his tongue is moving and lips. And that state used to be very hard for him. And that movement indicated that revelation was taking place. See that they don't read the hadith properly Then accuse me of lying and not reading it properly. Then in the middle, you see the Quranic verse. The prophet used to bear the revelation with great trouble and used to move his lips. The word quickly is in brackets, with the inspiration. Ibn Abbas moved his lips. I'm moving my lips in front of you as Allah's messenger used to move his. Saeed Said moved his lips saying, I'm moving my lips as I saw Ibn Abbas moving his. This was not normal Lip movement. If it was normal lip movement, you don't have Sahabas giving live demos of it. If it was just somebody talking, but yeah, he would just appear like he talked. Let me show you
0: how he talked.
1: (laughs) He talked like this. (laughs) (laughs) It just Or if it was like normal, like there's one response to this was, Oh, it was like, you know, like people like recite understanding in the Muslim prayer and the silent recitation is happening. I'm like, well, if everybody's praying all the time and he's reciting like they could have just said, Yeah, he was reciting like, you know, in prayer. The fact that they specify it was weird, it was troublesome for him, it caused him trouble. In fact, the lip movement was so weird that it indicated the revelation was taking place. Seems to me that this was indeed an automatism. The last one, we again see the, on the right side. The prophet used to undergo great difficulty in receiving the divine inspiration and used to move his lips. And then Ibn Abbas and Said both moved their lips. All right. Now that we've determined what lip smacking Mohammed is doing, we're going to have two exclusive patient videos right up lined up after this for you guys to see what lip smacking can look like. Like Farid's cousin saying, you know, Google the videos. Let's see. This one has no volume. The patient is aware he's not losing his consciousness. He's pointing at something as if he's talking to someone or moving, his, moving lips. his
0: lip. I, I mean, if I saw this and I didn't know the word lip smacking, I would say he's moving his lips. Exactly. It like says like
1: exactly his lips, right? Uh, we have...
0: It's amazing that if this guy said he was a prophet and he's like, it's almost believable that he's moving his lips to to the to the words of the Quran, right? he's Sorry. rapping he's yeah, rapping, <laughs> rapping <you're>
1: <laughs> oh my god all right
0: is there another video after yes
1: this? there's another patient video just so people know what it exactly looks like perfect All right, so as we saw two clear videos that this is what lip smacking during seizures can look like. And uh, yeah, it sounds and looks like it's pretty similar to Muhammad. And the fact that 14 centuries ago, they were able to tell you that when revelation came to him, he would start moving his lips all weird is a miracle or not a miracle, but a very interesting coincidence that the symptoms line them up. Like how did they know like seizures would cause these things? Like their own confabulated story or explanation to go along with it is even interesting, where Muhammad is going fast because the angel would recite too fast and he was scared that he might forget it. Uh, But yeah, that was a very interesting one. Now, if you have any questions, uh, we can take them now, because then we have Opson seizures coming up next.
0: Let me go to, and uh, it looks like, um, okay, Buddha Boobs (laughs) sends a $5 super chat. Thank you, Buddha Boobs. And I don't know if you're a guy or girl, but it doesn't matter. When does a book come for sale? I think he means your book. Uh, I just haven't started working
1: on any books or anything, but I don't know. It might be a project that we, it has been mentioned to me. Uh, maybe there might be a book deal coming soon. Who knows? Let's see where this goes. Uh, but for now, my uh, goal is to, after this whole series is done, I'm going to release the slides, uh, and then uh, the whole point is to get this information out in the public, disseminate it, spread it, because uh, this is the fundamental core of Islam, right? And this people just deserve to know both Muslims and non-Muslims. I also intend to make a shorter summarized uh, documentary so you can watch it in like one sitting. Um, and, yeah, maybe we will write a help with the help of a couple of my friends that are, in fact, uh, published authors, scientists, we might be publishing a paper on this. Uh, Lots of things, ups and downs. uh, We don't know yet for sure, but
0: definitely that's something that I have in mind. So I want to, um, I think there's a much more simple explanation for this. Adnan Hafiz says, I wonder if he had lung cancer that metastasized to his brain. This could explain why he had a dream of his chest being open. Perhaps he had chest pain and that encouraged his dream. I think you, in the first episode, you talked about this this epigastric rising. Yeah, and we talked about this.
1: Yeah, we talked yeah. about this in great depth uh, from Dr. Dede Krukut's book, where he explains uh, that this is a common symptom, the epigastric rising, where this is an aura, in fact, of seizures at times for a lot of patients. So, uh, no, it's very common. If for a detailed explanation, do refer to part one because we went over this as Muhammad had his chest split open twice, at least around the, when he was six. Then at once when he was 10, then once when he was right before the uh, first revelation, and then once bef- right the night when he went up for the mirage. So it occurred four times. And the fact that this occurred so many times is interesting. Now you can say also that there's a theological idea behind it where, you know, they're washing his... Has taken his heart out to wash it every time. But that also doesn't make sense because why does God need to wash it like four freaking times, you know? And why is the point that to save him from the impure society corruption that to wash his heart to protect? It doesn't make sense. It's more yeah. likely that this was a post doc rationalization by Muhammad made after the fact of this teachers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I right. Uh, uh, uh um, some praise for you here. Uh more Tamim says this isn't enlightened elite 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 high level phd work thank you uh tamim thank you so uh, much um, um i i don't know if stefan is making a mistake here he's saying do you check the work of Muhammad abdul samad did Muhammad abdul samad is a political scientist did he talk about this i believe he has mentioned it in his box of islam
1: series briefly i haven't oh, seen it in detail oh, though yeah,
0: okay because he talks about all different topics okay yeah, yeah okay. but
1: i know for sure brother rashid is the one that went in in-depth yes. into it, and I have seen a, in passing a video from it until of does follow up on this issue.
0: All right. Um, wait, I don't think there's any more. Com- I'm just quickly scrolling and seeing if there's anything else. Oh, here we go. Uh, Pawan Singh said, I admire all the time and effort spent in compiling all this research. With a busy schedule, I understand and appreciate your dedication. Hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate uh, that you appreciate me. <laughs> um, okay, so almost got through all the comments. Uh, I think Ramin Nassan says I think Faleed realizes we're right but he's in deep denial
1: yeah it's gonna happen eventually like the thing is why I waited a year was let them give them time to give uh, the best of their best responses one of the ironies that I was waiting for is that their people are gonna say oh yeah but Muhammad should be you know fatigued and like uh, not the most energetic because they don't know so they ironically ask us that this is what you're going to expect to find, thinking that it doesn't exist. And I end up finding exactly that. This will occur with the Dr. Hassan Aziz's paper as well, where he says that uh, epilepsy, you know, results in like uh, people not recalling their things. So Mohammed is always in the best states ready to go after the seizure, spewing at worst. But we saw that was a lie. And then he also commits another where He said that during the first revelation, Muhammad was awake and fully aware of what's going on. But from the numerous hadith we see here, he was in fact swooning he was shaken, he was passing in and out of consciousness during the first revelation. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is what this whole thing is. They
0: just keep denying and they keep making excuses for what is patently absurd. All right. Uh, Georgina Thompson says, interesting that they would mention he would move his lips indicating a revelation was coming it's very
1: anomalous this this would be the thing they would notice like they would have seen it quite a few times too
0: but and uh last sorry you want to add anything else yeah yeah let's go keep going with the comments last uh super chat thank you georgina thompson it's so very kind of you not only for coming and sharing your doctorly perspective um and for also your 45 british pounds i mean that's a lot of money and truly appreciate it thank you and that's <laughs> it i think so um much. yeah that's that's all um does a gondo have social accounts oh yeah i need to add your twitter account back yeah
1: i may just uh just during the stream because i know like on twitter a lot of comments happen and people are arguing so i was like you know what i'm just gonna make an account just with any questions i can deal with them directly uh but yeah because there's a lot of straw and misunderstandings around for i am active on facebook and as well as Twitter, uh, but more so now on Facebook, and then right now I'm busy with the uh Epileptic Prophet series, so yeah, uh, mostly you'll find me uh, on YouTube.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, there's a couple more actually, really good comments. Geez, yeah. I missed that. Um, <clears throat> will we invite Brother the Sheet? Yeah, absolutely, we'd love to talk to him. That would um, be cool. I think it was uh, I can't find it now, anyways. Okay, skip that one. Georgina, oh yeah. So Smux killed last thing. I'd love to see Mufti Abu Late's responses. I let's yeah, let's see what he says. He I mean,
1: actually, uh, if I remember, he had a la- last a year in of June. Yeah, last year June he made a video in Monday Night Live, and he had like a good 15-20 minutes talking about it. In fact, he straight up says that the he convulses and he accepts that the Prophet had epilepsy, but he says that the epilepsy is God's way of communicating with the Prophet. Right. So. He's kind of arguing from that yes.
0: perspective. Yeah, which is expected, right? Uh, and uh, Apostle Aladdin says I prophesize for poorly response soon. <laughs> from what I have seen so
1: far, it's gonna be another mishmash of lies, <laughs> manipulations, straw man's. I mean,
0: not expecting more from him. Okay. Last one. Georgina, again, another oh very wow, I'm, I'm... Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, she says, I would more, be more than happy to help work on a documentary on Muhammad's mental health and seizures. If you can please email me at abdullah.adam at gmail.com. So I have your contact information and uh most appreciate it. would be honestly. Honored yeah, to-
1: that's thank you so oh much. We're so honored. And we would even maybe have you on in the concluding episode of the series. You know, if there are any doctors comfortable. or experts. Yeah. yeah. If it's it's there comfortable are any doc-
0: coming online and. Mm-hmm. you know this you know coming on i uh, just just keep in mind uh, you know when you come on and you talk about these things sometimes it can you know the consequence social consequences so just mm. keep that in mind but yes of course we would love to have you on if you'd be willing to talk about it as well um and connect some of the things because yeah that would be that would make a good like pro um, sequel after we've done the series mm-hmm. getting other people uh from the medical community to talk and you know reflect um. on some of these things
1: exactly or get endorsements from people. So it's so definitely a longer project for sure. Yeah. I'll All right, you. let's get to the next section. So this one's interesting where it talks about absence seizures. And this one is going to get a little bit technical, but I really want you to see what Farid's cousin does here because it's uh, indicative of m- malice and indicative of him just uh, doing, it seems to indicate to me this, this intentional lying going on here. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get to it, and we're gonna start watching this
0: video. Oh, okay. I need to one second.
1: Okay.
2: Another another example is what I what I mentioned before. He does not uh, understand that absent seizures occur in kids, and uh, that uh, these are are not seizures that occur in adults.
3: Moving neither forward nor backward, and then I turned to be away from him, but to wherever region of the sky I looked, I saw him as a very important point. firstly Muhammad is lost staring at him, and he's having an absence seizure. We will get to that in second, in the second page of uh...
2: so here he says that the prophet is having an absence seizure, and the prophet here is probably more than fourteen years. And this, again, is a proof that this guy knows nothing about epilepsy because absence seizures do not occur in uh, patients who are... Absence seizures occur in kids, and they maximally would occur in teenagers. Only in case reports, yes, case reports that he loves, referring to that that an absence seizure might occur in an adult. What he describes, if... What he describes is a seizure. I mean, it's not a seizure, but if he wants to describe a seizure with such phenomenology in an adult, it would be called a focal, non-motor, behavioral arrest seizure. Of course, this involves staring and doing nothing. The name says behavioral arrest seizure. So please learn and then talk.
1: All right. So at the end of this video, you see him flex his uh, credential by using complex terminology to describe an ops on seizures by saying, why didn't you use that terminology? Because, uh, you know, otherwise you don't know about epilepsy. So one thing that terminology changed in 2017, uh, if you notice that there was going to be it's an ongoing debate in neurology and a couple of many doctors disagree with using that terminology. So Given that in my first presentation, I said that I don't want to complicate it for the audience. And in my second presentation, I decided to use the word absence seizures, which is used by many academics as a synonym uh, for a behavioral arrest uh, so that it doesn't confuse the audience. He somehow took this, spun it around and said that Gondel doesn't know. Next thing he says that absence seizures don't occur in adults. They do occur in adults, but they are rarer. Yes. <laughs> Uh, So what I'm going to do, I just wanted to tell you these things, that uh, absence seizures have been reported in people of Muhammad's age. Another thing they did in their response was they never showed my main section on absence seizures of Muhammad, which I even mentioned in the video they play. We will get to that later. They never showed it. Okay. So uh, what we're going to get to So absence seizures are rare in adults, but do occur as we show multiple cases in upcoming slides. Behavioral arrest is a synonym for absence and is a straw man. Using old versus new terminology does not make one smarter. It's just a red herring. My initial disclaimer clearly stated that the 2017 change in terminology as outlined in the coming slides. Why were my main points on absence seizures never shown? It's more manipulation. And another thing that Farid's brother, uh, cousin won't tell you is that a lot of the adults that do persist with their absence seizures into adulthood generally develop secondary generalization or generalized epilepsy or convulsive seizures like Muhammad had. So uh, let's get to the next slide to show you what this guy is doing and the kind of manipulation with even his academic credentials is starting to seem quite, uh, like quite okay. intentional at this point. So, right on. What is an option seizure here? We see that if they were before called petit mall, again, I keep referring to the name changes. This would confuse the audience. So I'm not going to ch- just say, Behavioral arrest and all that seizure. Uh, then it says uh, seizures may affect an isolated part of the brain or may involve abnormal activity all across the brain. Absent seizures are one form of generalized seizures. Typically, this type of seizure lasts between 10 and 30 seconds. The person often aids the child, abruptly stops whatever they're doing, talking, walking, and appears to stare into space. Absent seizures rarely cause a true convulsion in which the po- person falls or down or collapses. Bottom left in the red part we see. About a quarter of people who have absence seizures will develop another type of generalized seizure called tonic-clonic seizures, formerly called grand mal seizures. Okay. Uh, Then there's also atypical absences. The person will stare, uh, but they may be able to respond a little bit. They might have chewing movements, lip smacking, slight jerking movements of the lips. Uh, They may have some behavioral issues. It may be hard to tell what is due to seizure or from other behaviors. And then... They go on a little bit more, uh, but on the right side you see typical opson seizures in adults. So if this guy is saying opson seizures don't occur in adults in his first uh, few statements that he made, well then he's wrong. That there are papers written about opson seizures in adults. Now in the bottom of the blue highlight you see though often considered rare in adults, typical absences, with onset in childhood and puberty persist into adult life in seven to eighty-one percent of the cases. Right on. Now. Uh, once that has been done, that we've established that they do occur in adults, we're going to just go a little more in the next slide to show you, to nail that point home, that the word that he's using is kind of to, to flex his own uh, credential, is is pointless in a red herring. As you see, all the patients and physicians often do refer to absence seizures as petite mal seizures. Uh, absence is preferred term to describe seizures with staring and unresponsiveness. Again, now this is another doctor who's contradicting Fido who says we should use absence as a word, but this was written in 2006. Uh, now, another one that's written in 2020, which is more recent, is after the terminology change, argues for the opposite of what Farid's cousin says sometimes. absence seizures are brief seizures characterized by, by behavioral arrest. The term petite mal was once used, but it's they're described an absence seizure. And 2017, absence seizures, a generalized non-motor seizure. However, this term is not entirely precise. So, As you can see that if the doctors themselves are arguing that what is precise, what is not, and this is an ongoing debate. And if I can include this into my presentation, it isn't going to do nothing more than confuse the audience. So he's capitalizing on this one word. And I don't know how he thinks that saying the behavioral arrest thing is going to make it better. I have a more detailed article attached underneath for further reading who people who want to uh, go over this. Uh, but yeah, again, uh, like I said, the paper said absent seizures are brief seizures characterized by a behavioral arrest, which is the word that he used behavioral arrest. And, uh, and then he was trying to give the technical onset and then how the seizure flows that is very very confusing for the audience uh, but yeah that was it uh he just made a point out of nothing he spun it with that don't use the correct term and to make himself smarter now in the next slide we're going to see that he said the prophet was 40 or around that age and at that age seizures don't happen in adults and then he said that uh, case reports. Well, we don't have one case report. We have multiple case reports of people suffering from uh, opson seizures in, around the same age as Muhammad. So let's go to the next slide.
0: I was going to add, um, for those of you who want the links, um, obviously you won't be able to type that, but I will be adding the links within the next few days. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, by now, you should be able to get the link. They'll be posted on the podcast page. Um, there'll be a link to that. So you'll be able to get all the links. And this will be done right away. So you don't have to wait for the slides to come out. But it'll be within the next day or two. It'll take some time, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm. Right on. So in this paper, again, we see that the uh, typical ops on seizures in adults. Uh, but what I'm going to highlight here on the right side is I've highlighted the ages. Now, look at the ages that I've highlighted. 40, 41, 42, 43, 38, 44, 38, 39, 46, 34, 35, 60, 67. What's the point? When Fareed's cousin says, oh, like adults, especially the age of 40, cannot have it. No, I mean, yeah, it's rare, but we have cases, so many of them, that there are reports. And as you see that these people also have generalized seizures to go along with it, similar to Muhammad. And also, if you see that in the bottom, it indicates that if these people had juvenile absence epilepsy that later on developed into uh,
0: seizures. What's the difference, again, between absence seizure and generalized tonic-clonic seizures?
1: So absence seizures are normally a state of unresponsiveness where the person doesn't lose full consciousness. They'll appear to be kind of blanked out and not respond to people around them. But they won't like fall on the ground generally and they'll come back to themselves and just carry on what they're doing. Whereas generalized tonic-clonic seizures are seizures where you're on the ground convulsing full on, tonic-clonic, foaming at the mouth, breathing, snorting. Okay. What about about the lip smacking? So those are complex partial seizures. Those can be focal where they can start and they are kind of an opson seizure like we saw in the slides prior. You might see opson seizures manifest as lip movements. So that also, like you said, this section ties back into the lip movement section as well. But yeah, exactly like they're daydreaming and we'll see videos on the uh, next slide, two, two videos from two patients. Mm-hmm. On the left side, this is a channel from a doctor who makes videos examples as education, he's a, he's a specialist.
0: yep that, that was it that was a seizure it's just stops for us he just stopped for a yeah. second you know he had a seizure yeah, those are some
1: other types of seizures you can pause the video because he goes into other different types we're just gonna just go to the next one and see how that one is okay, that's... No, no.
6: Awesome. don't worry about the alarm we can win this we only have 30 minutes to make the christmas extreme cake it's okay get the cake in the oven I need for you to carry out the directions.
0: Will you be there for me?
5: Of course I will. Do you have any questions?
0: Yes. What happens if the alarm goes off? Jen? Jen?
1: Jen?
6: Oh, hold on a sec. I think she's having a seizure.
1: Is she okay? Should I go get the teacher? No, this
6: is normal. It's fine. The object of this mission is to go as far into the earth as possible. The alarm means nothing.
2: But if we go down any further, we will burn up.
1: Perfect. So we saw wow. this video. It's very interesting. Now that you've seen what an opson seizure might look like, we're going to go show you the part that Farid didn't show you, uh, the main points of the opson uh, the seizures of Muhammad. So these are very p- interesting descriptions. Now Let's go to slide number 249. Right on. So on the top left, we have Sirai ibn Kathir. And he says, When the revelation came down, the body and the face of messenger of Allah would become pale. He would ignore those with him and none of them would address him. Then on wow. the bottom, it says, We were with the messenger of God when the revelation came to him. When this happened, he could still see and his eyes remained open while his hearing and his heart were made empty for what would come to him from God. That's quite, quite clear. Uh, now, in the uh, top one, we're going to read it again. Uh, so he's talking about o Sauda, and she went back to the messenger fellow and questioned him while he was sitting, having supper and holding his milk in his hand. God then sent down the revelation to him while the milk was in his hand. He then raised his head and said, you women have been blah, 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 blah. This shows that revelation did not fully absent his feelings from him. This is proven by him being seated and the milk moreover did not drop from his hand. So very interesting where Muhammad would space out for a few seconds and then say something or he'd get a revelation. Um, Another interesting thing is on the right side, there is this incident where the messenger of Allah, this guy was talking and he asked Muhammad something. And the messenger of Allah remained silent and it was said to him, i.e. that man. What is does it matter with you? You speak to the messenger of Allah when he does not speak to you? We noticed that he was receiving revelation.
0: Then he recovered and wiped off his sweat and said. So this wasn't just like he just was ignoring the guy. He was receiving revelation. So it's
1: similar to like people be talking to him and then you just suddenly go blank and stare like that girl that we saw in the video for a few seconds and then he kind of come back. Uh, sometimes he'd start sweating. It might be... It might get worse, generally don't, but yeah, uh, that's what it is. It's pretty interesting, the anomaly where he just starts staring in blank space. In the next uh, screenshot, we have shown this screenshot before. Uh, What we're going to get to now is him lowering his head. Uh, And in this one, we're just going to focus on the lower part, Then he would lower his head into his lap. This uh, coincides with the next uh, hadith that we're going to show in the next slide which talks about this. And it says, The Prophet sweated when it was cold. That's the chapter name. And the Hadith says, When the Wahid or Revelation descended upon Muhammad, he lowered his head and so lowered his companions. And when the state was over, he raised his head. Sometimes Muhammad be sitting and he'd get like a revelation or something. He'd lower his head, be in that state for a bit, and then kind uh, of raise his head back. Now, this can also be a type of a seizure. And this is where it gets interesting, where the details are adding up in, a, in an order, in a type of fashion, where these people did not know about epilepsy to have been able to fake these, uh, that fits within the scientific framework. Uh, we are, we're going to watch these two videos. Uh, they're uh, pretty basic, but just uh, to show that is possibly what was happening with Muhammad. Right on. And now we're going to go to the next one.
5: Ah.
1: Now you see like the, the lowering of the head all of a sudden is is very anomalous because we see this as a type of seizure and then we see this in the hadith being reported that people knew that when sometimes he'd get revelation his head would just kind of be lowered and then he would just raise it and continue on. Another thing I want to show you is that uh, you don't lose consciousness every time. You can literally have the limpness, so atonic, being limp, can only occur in the upper half or just this part of the body. Sometimes it can happen when you're walking around and if you have an aton, you can literally fall because your muscles sometimes go limp throughout the body. But here it was to
0: highlight that it could be isolated to certain parts of the body as well. I just want to point out something funny that here he is most likely having this partial seizure and his companions were copying him. (laughs) (laughs) They also lower their heads. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. Well, yeah. So now There's two possibilities here. Mm -hmm. He was just lowering his head every time God spoke to him, or I don't know, maybe he's having a seizure, like, like you guys decide. <laughs> you guys should decide. Think about it. Which one? Another.
1: <laughs> another thing is is, we have to understand that not every type of seizure will occur at the same time, and all the symptoms will start showing up at the same time. Like, for example, if Muhammad sometimes will have just the opson seizure, sometimes he'll just have an atonic seizure. Sometimes he might just hear ringing bells and not convulse. Sometimes he'll hear ringing bells, but he himself said that it was the hardest on him. He would mostly follow with convulsions, right? Uh, sometimes he would, uh, would have episodes of amnesia, episodes only, like for a few months. But then generally he's fine with his memory. So these kind of things, they can be episodic. And they can pop up with age and with other environmental factors and triggers like stress or genetics or hormone changes uh, and a bunch of other things, right? And you will see this in later on in the uh, in the presentation when you get to Dostoevsky, when we look at his exact details of his seizures and how he was writing the best books in literature. And then he's also having foaming at the mouth, tonic-clonic seizures like Muhammad. Uh, and he explains this, that he would have waves and different intensities of seizures in different parts of the month. And they were predictable. He would have cycles like at the end of the month, he'd have two seizures kind of thing. So uh, it's very interesting when you get to the details. Now, I'm going to take some questions here right now, because the next section we're going to get into is the black magic and amnesia section. And that one uh, is very devastating for the case of Muhammad.
0: Um, I was going to ask you something. I forgot what it was now. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's okay. Um, okay, there is a couple... Okay, well, I'll just go... I'll just say this question. Is it normal to be horny <laughs> after the seizure due to violent behavioral components of seizures Arousal awakening may be seen after the seizure onset? I would... argue, like, It could go both ways.
1: Again, we'll get to it in later section, hypo and hypersexuality, but... Uh, uh generally it's hypo but they can have altered sexuality and episodes of hypersexuality so altered sexuality for muhammad would be the six-year-old child bride his adopted son's wife then uh uh, even like him marrying so late in his life to a 40-year-old widow could be seen as a as altered sexuality him then uh there were bouts like we're gonna go into the next section where he would have hypersexuality where he's boasting about having sex with 11 women in one night and having the strength of 40 or 30 men but then there'll be bouts of hyposexuality where he couldn't go to his wife's because of the black magic hmm. right so there's episodes where some seizures normally will, may cause uh hyposexuality but then after a certain seizure you might have hypersexuality it depends on a lot of things we generally can't pinpoint each event or each sexual interaction muhammad happened with it what was the cause of it? But from the overall perspective, we gather from all of the women he interacted with that, and the rate at what he was going at, uh, and the nature of their interaction, that it was generally resulted from the uh, sexual urges or lack of sexual urges coming from seizures, because seizures impact your sexuality, and your brain is tired. Your brain's used up all the neurotransmitters. Uh, but yeah, just to put it simply.
0: All right, thanks for that. Uh, D says, I can't imagine how many hours was spent going through hadith. Hadith, tafsir, dictionary definitions, <laughs> uh, secondary references, books on epilepsy, trying, not just reading books on epilepsy, try, Tell, tell us about one of the books you got had a hole in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the, the book I got, uh, Dr. Dede kirkut's book about Muhammad's epilepsy literally had a stab in the back of the book. <laughs> and then another book I got, the uh, book In Spite of Epilepsy by Dr. Matthew Woods literally had some Muslim putting brackets on the outsides and writing, this is all false. This is not true. Don't <laughs> believe this liar in the copies, in printed <laughs> copies. I'm like, what the hell? Bear in mind, like one of them was a secondhand copy, but still yeah. like the book being stabbed. is, is pretty weird.
0: <laughs> It's kind of hard to find some of these books like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I mean, we ordered one book from India. I paid $200 for it and never got it. So I, I got a refund, thankfully. But like <laughs> that's that's how hard it is to find some of this stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not easy to do. Um, Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, that's. um. Yeah, I can attest to that. He showed me a photo a while back. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's not any many other comments, so that's good. We can continue if you like and go to the mm-hmm. next section. And I remember You're my back. question. You mm-hmm. said there's an example of Muhammad where he had a, like some seizure or something with no revelation. What was, which one was that? So we're going to get to that later. We're in
1: okay. this section. It's coming up. It's coming right up. So in this, uh, memory, this section is about his memory problems. So this is the one. All right. <laughs> yeah, books under attack. That's funny.
0: It's fun to read that so, comment. Okay,
1: a lot of times, what happens with epilepsy is like, like Farid's cousin said that they might have amnesia, and amnesia can manifest in episodes, right? And these episodes can be where you're forgetting normal things in life and you can have issues with the memory. Now, did Muhammad have any issues with his memory? Indeed, he did. In fact, in Sahih al Bukhari, Muslim, in a bunch of books, we hear references where Muhammad was. Uh, had magic worked upon him and he would forget day to day tasks, then Muhammad's uh, magic became so severe that he couldn't have sex with his wives. That was the hyposexuality, but that the alterations that happened. He also had visual field defects, he almost lost his sight. He would fall on the ground in a catatonic state with no control of his limbs. Uh, he started cupping himself on the head, which can cause internal bleeding in the skull and memory loss, and that. What ended up happening? Uh, yeah, we're going to get to all of this. Let's get started. So we have transient epileptic amnesia from a couple of authors. It's two different papers. Uh, so on the left side, we see just an overview. Transient epileptic amnesia has been considered a syndrome of mesial temporal lobe epilepsy characterized by, one, recurrent episodes of isolated memory impairment of epileptic cause, ictal or postictal, while other cognitive functions remain intact. Interactal memory disturbances have accelerated long-term forgetting and autobiographical and topographical amnesia, and late age of onset with a mean of 57 years. Something I need to mention to you, Muhammad, I believe, is said to have had his episodes of black magic causing him memory issues and sexual issues uh, in the last three to five years of his life. And that. Adds up to coinciding with the 57 year age onset because Muhammad died between the ages of 60 to 63, depending on which narration you go by. It's quite interesting that Muhammad also has his amnesia occur at the same average age that is recorded in this paper. On the right side, we see case reports over the past 100 years have raised the possibility that epilepsy can manifest itself in episodes of amnesia. Recent research has established that this is indeed the case. Ah, uh, transient epileptic amnesia is a distinctive syndrome of temporal epilepsy, principally affecting middle-aged people, giving rise to recurrent brief attacks of amnesia, often occurring on waking. Uh, with that, with that said, we're gonna go look at the next video. This one is gonna be funny. Let's see what Farid and his cousin have to add today. Uh, it's muted. So, so,
2: if, if you if, had thousands of seizures originating in your temporal lobe, you will have a memory of someone who is demented or in early dementia.
1: So, one thing to note is that firstly it says that it has to be early dementia or bad dementia. No, it doesn't necessarily need to be. Like we said, it can be episodes of amnesia, right? Now, when we go. Farid's cousin said that the Prophet never had any memory problems, right? And he said he didn't have amnesia. But when we open Sahih Al Bukhari in the next slide, what do we see in the book of medicine from Sahih Al Bukhari narrated sure, Aisha?
0: By the way, like everybody knows this story, like, right? Like, I mean, like <laughs> even I know this story. <laughs> okay, that's not really a good example, but this is a common trope against Muhammad. He had black magic work on him. Hmm. Anyways. I'm just saying, like this is if he knows this, he know he knew this for sure. Yeah. Anyways, like ahead. I said,
1: the intentional lying, right? Yeah. Magic was worked on Allah's apostle so that he used to think that he had sexual relations with his wives while he actually had not. So Fian said, this is the hardest kind of magic as it has such an effect. Now, imagine to the point where a guy forgets that he had sex. Now I remember Mufti Aboule talking about this, and he got so heated with the debate in, in a conversation with Dr. Abdul Majid, the same guy who had the debate with Apostate Prophet. Yeah, they yeah, had a yeah. five, six hour conversation in Bukhari get and this thing came up. I might add it for just for you guys to see in the next uh, part. But it was just, yeah. Yeah, but Mufti Abulais was like angry. Like, how can you say Muhammad can forget that he had sex with his wives and then expect to believe that he's getting revelations from God? If he can forget that he had sex with his wives, how do we even? Rem- how does he even remember or recall the revelations that were sent to him during this period? That's
0: um, that's you- one line you never want to say to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. So, anyways, uh, this wasn't isolated to his sexual urges, his uh, lack, or his memory problem. When you go to the next slide, we elaborated again in Sahih Bukhari that. Allah's apostle was affected by magic so much that he used to think that he had done something which, in fact, he did not do. He then started forgetting day-to-day tasks. And this we will show in the next few slides it gets really bad. Now, the point we need to take here, the guy is forgetting he had sex with his, with his wives or not. He forgets what he's done or not. How At this point, Muhammad is of a weak memory and a weak mind, and by Hadith standards, he'd be rejected as a weak or daif narrator straight up i'm not <laughs> even joking you can't take hadith from muhammad his, he's not of
0: sound <laughs> mind because he has magic <laughs> affecting him he's, this is his I, irony is, i'm curious is there uh, you know how they they don't like they they get rid of narrators who have bad memory do they have an excuse do they get rid of narrators that had magic affected on them too <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: actually a good <laughs> one you know you i never heard to look into it. that yeah or like a narrator um, that was that possessed by a in his life and then if he accepts his narrations or not <laughs>
0: <laughs> magic i uh, just i have to leave this comment right now because it's so appropriate magic is a much more reasonable explanation than memory loss
1: you know? Like, great right, guys like come on of course it's seventh century it's, arabia what could go wrong i
0: i just gotta call the elephant in the room like we're talking about like a religion that you know says magic is a real thing so I'm not surprised they want to say he didn't have epilepsy. If they, if like the worldview is totally messed up. I know. (laughs) If magic is real, then like anything goes. right?
1: (laughs) If you read the the continuation of this hadith, it is so bizarre that then he has a dream where these two men come and tell him about the magic.
0: It's just in the well Uh, and he had to take some hairs off the ball or something. And
1: like, what are you on dude? (laughs) Anyways, we're going to go to the next slide. And this is interesting, even worse, where we find out how long this lasted. Some people say it was 40 days. There's hadith that say it was six months. He was having amnesia for six months, for half a year. How could you trust this guy as a prophet to reliably transmit to you the revelations of God, as you can see from this fatwa from Islamweb?
0: interesting i I would muslim would probably say allah caused him to forget
1: well that's what it has in the quran that's a literal verse (laughs) yeah Yeah. that we will not make you forget except what we will like what we want you to forget (laughs) so
0: this this is a part of prophethood to forget what god told you apparently
1: exactly now just think about it for six months your prophet cannot remember if he had sex forgetting daily tasks or even 40 days. It's just bizarre. You cannot believe. During this time, the six months, how much Quranic revelation came down? Can we trust it? It's a big question mark. Did he even give all of the Quranic revelation to him, to us? Because he forgot. Because he's having memory I'm problems.
0: To, I'm really starting to wonder how the companions managed this. Think how about. It's bizarre, like all of these revelations. The satanic verses make sense now. Can you explain that?
1: So the satanic verses were the point in uh, in the Meccan phase of Muhammad's life where he was being pestered by the Meccans to show him a sign. And one form of conceding to get some uh, some of the persecution alleviated was to praise their gods. And this happened in the end of Surah Najm, where he called their three gods, Lat, Manat, Al-Uzza, high-flying cranes. And then later on, he came back and corrected himself and says, no, 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 those were abrogated. It was Satan that told me to do that, and I removed those. But funny thing is, in Surah Hajj verse 52, Allah admits that, yeah, the Satan can literally inject words into his revelation. So at this point, with this given in in context, (laughs) we can see that Muhammad's memory things, uh, and I'm... (laughs) There's other ideas about this where he's mixing up characters as well. Dr. Didi Kurkut brings it up, like biblical stories and Talmudic stories, which he might have heard in his early merchant years when he traveled for the trading. But later on, when he's reconstructing the stories, when he's 40, 50, he mixes up details where people that are hundreds of years apart became daughter and son. As you know, like Christians have talked about this for a quite a few times. But again, that's just one aspect of it. We're gonna uh we're gonna go further and we're gonna we have another farid video coming up next. Oh
0: yeah. Um one comment I wanted to share? Uh sal, sal, XTC, sal extc said there was another hadith that Muhammad told that the ran- random guy who said Quran, bless you. I forgot this verse. It's coming up, it's all coming <laughs> oh, okay. up. Okay, uh, yeah.
5: uh,
1: yeah. So um, we're gonna play this
0: video. Man, we are making Farid famous. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> Farid the
1: fraud.
2: <laughs> if you have uh, a problem with your temporal lobe, you might have a visual field defect. Do, do we have any reports of that? I don't believe we have any
4: reports. No, no. Oh, no.
1: uh, man, this poor guy is like, they just they just don't know. They just don't know the literature. So I'm just going to quickly go over what it says on the right side. So a short report, post-ictal blindness, ictal meaning seizure. So see, blindness can occur or visual field defects, Uh, cortical blindness following grand mal seizures occurred in five adult patients. The causes of seizures included idiopathic epilepsy, vascular accident, brain cyst, acute encephalitis, and chronic encephalitis. Uh, Blindness was permanent in one patient, but the others recovered within several days. Since most of the patients were either unaware of or denied their blindness, it is possible that this event goes often unrecognized. Now, despite this being hard to detect, 14 centuries up go, this was still recorded. We're going to go to the next slide and show you that, like I said, Farid's cousin is saying Muhammad didn't have visual field defects. He, in fact, did. So, uh, during the Black Magic episode, we're going to be reading this from, uh, I believe, this is uh, the book of Qadi Ayaz Ashifa. And it says on the left side, uh, Az-Zubair uh, said the Jew of Banu Zureg tribe bewitched Allah's messenger and cast that magic amulet into a well. The messenger of Allah was subsequently about to deny his sight till Allah guiding him what they did. On the right side, again, it says uh, he assumed the story uh, uh, became apparent for you that magic was conducted against the Prophet's body and organs, not against his heart thought and mind yet it affected his sight and prevented him from having intercourse with his women and eating it caused his body to be weak and afflicted with ailment Uh, and we're going to get to the next highlighted bit so that was done due to the disorder of his sight as stated in the hadith and thereby he would think that he saw one of his wives or watched an act to be done by others but he did not do that indeed owing to being impaired and weak in his sight, not because of any disability to distinguish it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it mentions that Muhammad had an issue uh, with his eyesight. And I believe one of the, it says that he would try to grab a doorknob and he wouldn't be able to grab it. That hadith might be coming up next.
0: Oh, wow. Is that yeah. why we... Boy witnesses for adultery because the prophet didn't really <laughs> see really
1: well <laughs> oh my god that is funny but yeah uh now we have a so, visual so of...
0: yad is quoting a hadith that said he he couldn't see properly that yeah yeah so okay.
1: he's describing the issues with muhammad's sight. uh <clears throat> bodies in oregon i just want to read this one thing he imagined the things that he'd done not so yeah so that was done to the dis- disorder of his sight as stated in the Hadith, and thereby he would think that he saw one of his wife or watched an act to be done, by the- but he did not do that indeed owing to being impaired and weak in his sight. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but anyways, anyways we're yeah. going to go to the next one. We then have uh, Ibn Qayyim in his tafsir of Mawazitain. Uh He says... Uh, They say the scholars that the magic that afflicted him was temporary illness, which God cured him of. There is no shortcoming in that and no defect in any way. For illness is permissible for the prophets as well as fainting. So it alludes to a lot of the other prophets fainting too. He, peace be upon him, as in Muhammad, fainted in his illness and he fell when his feet was dislocated and his leg was grazed and cut. For this is amongst the trials, which increases... So, Allah afflicted him with magic and it caused him to lose his balance, fall, he would faint, and the fainting is tied into him falling and hurting his leg. As we see again, this is another interesting uh, thing reported by Ibn Qasir. Why does this coincide with his
0: magic and fainting, right? Uh, going forward. Can I just read this comment? I thought this is very interesting. Mm-hmm then, Alexander says, a prophet can't be sick for the same reason everybody else gets sick. Because Mm -hmm. back then, the sickness, bad luck, etc. all had a moral component to them. Thus, a perfect prophet needs an elaborate mythology. This explanation, Mm -hmm. to me, just fits really well. Of course the prophet didn't get sick. Of course he didn't have an illness. It was magic. I mean, to me, that's even worse that magic worked on the prophet. I thought he was supposed to be like some superior pure you know like it's bizarre like he's the one that's leading quran more than anyone else in magic with them it's kind of bizarre if that's the reason but that's a fascinating idea that if that's you know like if that was the thinking behind using magic to explain it away you know exactly it's just like because they have to save his save mental health Y- yeah his mental health has to be saved that's what it is you have to unload the burden from the mental health
1: from memory loss and project it onto mythology i.e magic that would explain God, otherwise muhammad's memory problems sense. show uh, not sound of mind hence he won't be accepted as a hadith narrator <laughs> oh oh that's that's epic oh man right but yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: we're going to go to the next one. And this is a paper from... Uh... Muhammad, the unreliable Hadith narrator, had math <laughs> on him. <laughs> he had memory loss, forgot verses of Quran. He forgot verses of Quran. You want to trust him to narrate Hadith? Exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. So basically none of the Hadith are valid anymore because Muhammad himself is an unreliable translator. <laughs> Oh, man. I will it. I mean, oh my <laughs> god, that's such an incredible insight. I mean, it's funny because it's ridiculous, but
1: it just shows you how ridiculous this is. Exactly, exactly. Like it just doesn't add up. No, <laughs> next slide is gonna get even more interesting. This is a paper published in the Journal of Semitic Studies in 2000 by University of Chicago doc David Cook. I mean, it's an academic paper. You can read it from full detail. It goes over all the narrations, how the story evolved, who says what, the Shia, the Sunni, early scholars, uh, medieval scholars, later modern scholars. But you just got to notice something. On the left side, in the highlight, it says, One of the most unusual stories associated with the Quranic surah regards one, Labid al Asim, the Jew, who, according to many accounts, managed briefly to bewitch the Prophet Muhammad, leaving him in a catatonic state. <laughs>
0: That means like unresponsive
1: uh yeah or like limp or like yeah, yeah unresponsive okay. basically um on the right side it says sunnis also continue to mention the story of this guy and then he says but he allows that some of the limbs of the prophet were out of his control for a time <laughs> again this is a long so long weird. long paper
0: this is so weird yeah Just like it's not just like mythology it's like mythology which you don't know which one's the correct word. it's like there was 50 copies of like harry potter and they're all different mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't know which is the right one and people actually believe in it
1: exactly exactly it's just uh <laughs>
0: it's wild
1: it's uh, so now the next slide is just a uh, graphic imagery but just fair right. warning this is i think ibn uh, qayyim's book and he's coding on the left side and this is interesting so what you see on the right is what Muhammad started doing to alleviate the magic. Okay, he's thinking he's having memory problems and stuff. He starts to fix it by cupping himself with a horn on his head. As you see at the bottom, Abu Ubaidah has mentioned in uh, Gharib Hadith that Abdul Rahman narrated the Prophet has his head cupped with a horn after a spell was cast onto him. We've seen from other hadith before that he had unilateral headaches i.e migraines on one side of the head and he would cup his head as well and what it looks like with blood coming out is what's on the picture on the right now i don't need to explain to you why draining blood from your brain area is not a good idea especially as vacuum suction cups and it creates we'll see in the next few slides what ends up happening so as we see we have uh, on the left side a reference uh National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health about cupping. In vet cupping, the skin is pierced and blood flows into the cup, like we saw in the picture. Safety. It says cupping can cause side effects such as persistence, skin discoloration, scars, burns, and infections, and may worsen soon as rises. But here's the interesting bit. Rare cases of severe side effects have been reported, such as bleeding inside the skull after cupping on the scalp and anemia from blood loss after repeated wet cupping. Huh. On the right side, we say, the Prophet had himself cupped three times in the veins at the sides of his neck on the shoulders. Mama said, I got myself cupped and I lost my memory so much so that I was instructed to recite Fatiha by uh, my friends. He had himself cupped at the top of the head. Now, funny thing is, Muhammad, in the prior hadith we saw, did cup himself in the top of the head. And this hadith right under
0: how would he read fatiha if he has memory loss wouldn't he forget he might forget (laughs) fatiha too right which is ironic because prophet muhammad wanted people i'm saying prophet muhammad but muhammad wanted people to memorize the quran but uh, like he's teaching people things that actually damage the memory (laughs) (laughs) this is an amazing hadith i've never i've if i've seen this hadith i didn't like it didn't reflect on it like so (laughs) so
1: muhammad's companion followed his advice and
0: ended up causing himself this fucking hey, guy i have you... people in my life today not today but i mean i met i was a muslim guy and he did the cupping ass and what happened he didn't do it on his head thankfully he was wet cupping he said he got sick he was vomiting and he, he oh, yeah. was it's... like i would never do that even as a muslim i was scared of doing that it was like it's... it looks so weird to me <laughs> and the funny thing is the guy on the
1: top hadith says he got cupped in the middle of his head on the top of his head. And that's what caused his memory loss. Look at what Muhammad does in the Hadith under. The Allah Allah's Apostle was popped on <laughs> the middle of his head.
0: What? Oh my God. Like it's the this
1: irony of the ironies. And no wonder his fucking memories messed up. Sorry for
0: this the is wild. <laughs> I This is like mind blowing. This is like evidence. This is scientific evidence right here. Muhammad caused, made his... Emily lost worse. <laughs> how how do you how can you refute this? This is wild. You don't even need a scientific paper. The other hadith it refutes it. The other hadith says it right there that they were they were telling
1: him that it it happened to him because he cupped himself on the middle. Oh my
0: god! This is wild. Uh. Man. Next slide. Right please.
1: on. So yeah, the next slide is Muhammad would forget the Quran, right? Like we talked about the hadith. A prophet heard a man reciting the Quran. He said, May Allah bestow mercy upon him. He has reminded me of such and such worse and surah. Uh heard a man reciting at night. He reminded me of this which I was caused to forget. So he goes on and on about the same affirmation. Uh yeah, and <laughs> He even prays for the guy. Be merciful to Abad for reminding me of the forgotten verses. Oh, that's the one. They, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So Muhammad's now forgetting the Quran. So let alone he'll be accepted as the Hadith transmitter. <laughs> he can't even memorize the Quran. How can what a kind of hafiz is he? He'd be rejected in a hifz competition. <laughs> He'd forget.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, this is this is wild. Like like the 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 repercussions of these statements are so devastating to islam exactly
1: and now we are coming up to the muhammad would forget what gabriel told him <laughs> so the next slide we're going to go to Sirat talabiya uh, i'm using the urdu one i'm going to read it out for you and i'm going to translate it quickly the <laughs> So he's saying, in one narration, it's narrated that the second form where Gabriel would come in the form of a man, sometimes it would happen that whatever you would memorize, you would forget. It would escape your mind. He's saying, the one that he forgets is the revelation that Allah planned all along to abrogate anyway. So even if he forgot, he's not lost anything. (laughs) Uh,
0: Coincidence, it just happened to be the one he forgot, right? Yeah.
1: So then he goes on. Goya So the point of Allah making him forget was that it's been cancelled. So what he's saying is a verse being cancelled can be synonymous that Muhammad
5: might
1: have just forgotten it. <laughs> so the Verses that were not going to be cancelled, he won't forget them, or mm-hmm. Allah will make him remember those ones better. Uh, but yeah, in this one narration, and then in the next slide, we have Sira Talabiyah reiterate the same thing again. par do tarah uh, se aati hai. Ek to yeh ki mere aate hai. So, revelation comes to me two ways. One is that Gabriel comes to me. Or just tada ek Dusra like a man meeting another man, or isra So Gabriel meets him like he's meeting a man. Muhammad is saying, sometimes this revelation escapes my mind. And then sometimes the revelation comes to me in another form, which is like the ringing of the bell. This one made uh, kalb so he says that when he gets a ringing bell sounds, that one he never forgets. That one stays in his heart. but when Gabriel comes to him in the form of a man, that one can sometimes be forgotten. Uh, but yeah, he goes on the same thing explaining the same thing and how he talks to Gabriel sometimes he forgets. Uh, so that was a very, very interesting section that's now coming to a conclusion. Now if you have any comments any questions from people we'll take them now because this was a roller coaster where Muhammad's cupping himself on the head, his falling, hurting his leg, catatonic state, losing control of his limbs, forgetting he had sex, forgetting he had did things for six months Ugh. <laughs> I don't even know what to say
0: yeah, I know this is wild uh, the astronomer says, do you think that guys think that Faleed cupped himself, which is why he doesn't remember these hadith <laughs>
1: i mean it is sunnah he he can't even be offended at us asking him to cup his own head because if he gets offended at that that means he's offended at muhammad cupping his own head hence he's offended at the sunnah So yeah he should definitely try the prophetic sunnah once in a while or ask his cousin if cupping yourself on the head is a good idea because he's
0: a neurologist right oh that's a challenge to farid right there (laughs) Uh, great Jedi is just laughing at what we said. Hadith transmitted with memory loss. This is not just hadith transmitted. This is Quran <laughs> transmitted from Gabriel. You have Gabriel, then you have memory loss person, then you have other companions. So who cares if the Quran's is Mutawata, even though it's not Mutawata? Your main transmitter has memory problems. <laughs> it, it opens a
1: So the epilepsy argument adds this whole new layer to the long lost verses or the verses that went missing. Muhammad must just legit have gotten forgotten them, right? So this mm. is definitely a, a interesting one. And then the sheep eating the thing, all that it's just uh, very interesting,
0: right? Okay. On more com- okay. Do you want to do another section after this, or should we end off? What do you want to do? There's still more comments, by the way.
1: We can t- take one more section, and this okay. is kind of like a uh, is kind of for digression from the main point. I wouldn't have brought this up: the yeah. gate disturbance of Muhammad and possibility of maybe hydrocephalus because I only okay. brought it up because Dr. did crooked brought it up okay uh we'll do that and then after that section we will switch gears uh, for the rest of the series mostly towards his personality changes uh-huh. and his delusional beliefs so i guess yeah after this current this coming section will be a good uh, point to end for today
0: all right so let me let me go to the comments because there are mm-hmm. some interesting ones soren alexander says christianity has paul will me many think might have been an epileptic, but not enough seems to really be known about him to apply this sort of extensive, amazing research. The miracle of Islam. We have the preserved epilepsy of Muhammad. It's just amazing. It is amazing, actually, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Unintentionally, they.
1: Right? mm
5: mm-hmm.
0: Another, was, another ahead, comment that I'm just
1: reading is, why does Gabriel relay a message to Momo when he has to go fix it later with a better message? <laughs> like why is he giving him that's seizures a good point. Hmm. that's
0: a good point man. if you guys are new here don't forget to subscribe click the bell notification as Salex T says <laughs> the ringing bell we missed actually a couple of people in the comments said I didn't get notification today so you gotta click the ringing bell so that you, you'll be reminded of the next ringing bell uh, episode <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. yeah so th- this is kind of like what were, I was kind of alluding to but not I wasn't saying it in this way like they don't believe in mental illness and science so how would you convince them with evidence and yes if they believe in magic already there's no point magic and jinns and all of that but but there is a point look at Abdullah Gondol. look at me look at all the ex-muslims in the chat like we all believed in this stuff mm. as stupid as it is there's a way that it got into a psyche in my case abdul Gandal was born into the religion meaning his parents raised him as a sunni muslim i chose to i put this on myself i converted to sunni islam from ismailism ismailism doesn't have any of this stuff there's not even hadith like nobody cares about hadith it's just like general sira about muhammad and the shia the shia version right with, with Gadir, kum and the other such incidents being very important and you know, you know, Ali's sword had two two blades on it. it had a name called Zulfika, But they don't go <laughs> into this sort of stuff like this 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 level of hadith. But there is a point. The point is that look at me, look at Abdullah Ganda, look at all the ex-Muslims in the chat today, look at all the the hundreds of people that have messaged us and messaged her, Sultan, and you know, for the work that we're doing, and and like people that the faith has been shaken by these presentations. Muslims that are joining us and saying, this makes sense what you guys are saying. I'm not totally sure what to do with this information. So there is a point, which is why we do this, right? It's the point is that it is having an impact. Like we can't unfortunately share with you all of the impact because there's, you know, these people, they they don't want necessarily not ready to come out in public or whatever. So we don't necessarily, we're not able to tell you that, right? But there is a lot going on behind the scenes. Like we've told you before, we have a big da'i that's someone in the Muslim world that's left Islam and he talks to us regularly. He's completely convinced that Islam is no longer, he's completely there, convinced. There is a grand mufti of a
1: country who's not a Muslim. I'm just going to say that and leave it at that. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to name the country, the region, who is, but yeah, there are people at that caliber who have left their religion. It's just the timing whenever they come out, whatever. Uh, but yeah, the point where the large tsunami is
0: going to happen, I believe, is uh, is getting closer and closer. <laughs> Adnan, Hafiz, uh, thank you for saying this. Cupping to the head is extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm.
1: That is indeed very dangerous. And as a Muslim, if you can see this, it, and there's so many hadith, you can go on sunnah.com and write uh, cupping head. <laughs> You'll get a, <laughs> quite a few. Now, connect this with Muhammad's headaches, Muhammad's migraines, Muhammad's fainting. A lot of it starts to add up.
0: Adam says, cupping is rampant in Malaysia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Prophet uh, was cupped while he was fasting in Bukhari. Oh, 19th, and that can't be good for you. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I just want to make one small comment. I'm not a fan of this, you know, naturopathy and homeopathy and all this alternative medicine in general. But like, a lot of like there's olympians that do cupping but they don't do the wet cupping they do the dry cupping where they they do suction but they don't there's no cut they don't make a cut in the skin mm-hmm. and you know i think some of it is superstitious maybe there's i'm not going to make comments about whether that's beneficial or not but what we're seeing here is totally different we're talking about wet cupping where you're cutting and you're pulling out blood obviously i don't think there's any medical benefit to that but i could be wrong i don't know but for sure it's like buyer beware if you're going to do that Like, there's an incident
1: where Muhammad got cupped, and the blood that came out, this one guy drank the blood, his companion. And then Muhammad prayed (laughs) for uh, his being blessed or something and it's just bizarre the delusion we'll get to yeah. that later
0: okay so i think that's enough comments uh let's let's mm-hmm. let's finish off this let's slides. do
1: this one last section and then we're gonna f- call it a day for today so uh muhammad had a weird gait disturbance now we're not told when he acquired this did he have it all his life was it in the last uh half of later half of his life uh last few years uh but it is anomalous in a way where uh when you add up uh, hydrocephalus can consider a out of symptoms where we have a, uh, a urinary incontinence issue pop up, gait disturbance, and an enlargement of the head may pop up. Uh, again, we have some evidence that alludes to Muhammad having some of these things, which is very interesting. But this is not, again, primary evidence for the epilepsy diagnosis. This is something that can coexist with epilepsy. Again, just uh, view this section with a little bit of a grain of salt. But let's get into it. Uh, I'm going to get to the second part. Uh, second okay. the slide, sorry.
0: Uh, There's one more super chat. I just want to call it out because, again, Georgina coming to uh rescue again for the third time with 90 British pounds. That's a lot of money. Honestly, thank you so much. Thank this, you
1: so much. Wow.
0: Okay. You know, this is like... While to get to get so many donations from one person and one, we really appreciate this. Thank you. This is thank like, you
1: so much. It's
0: too much, but honestly, thank you. Um, deconverting a grand mufti now that deserves a super chat. Science, reason, and logic is has and will be the future progress for mankind for sure. Um, I I don't know are we responsible for this or are we I don't know exactly. I think maybe we play a part in it. Yeah, I don't want to take all the credit for that, exactly. but it's someone that reached out to us you know, after having this experience. And of course, I, I, I don't want I'm not going to take credit for this, but I, I will say maybe we played a part of it. Like I am can't really say more than that. <clears throat>
1: okay. Another question I see in the comments, hydrocephalus in adults does not usually cause noticeable head swelling. Yeah, uh, that is true. So that's the thing, right? We don't know. We've come to this large, but we don't know if he had it from his childhood and it, because this was from his birth and he had a large head before the skull plates fused together and hence his state, or was it, if, you have hydrocephalus and it all, your skulls are already infused together, so the chance of your skull expanding is rare. So again, uh, we're going to show you some pictures of people as well, uh, but let's get to this section. We're going to go to the first slide. Uh, so what are the symptoms of uh, NPH? Uh, it's triad of difficulty walking, cognitive impairment, and impaired bladder control. So, uh, you can have a weird gait disturbance, mild dementia, like Muhammad sometimes displayed, and then urinary incontinence, impairment, and in bladder control. Uh, and on the right side, we see hydrocephalus and ap- epilepsy. Epilepsy is common among patients with hydrocephalus, and the risk of development of epilepsy continues indefinitely for those patients, right? Interesting little link. Now, let's get to the uh, next slide, where it's going to be a small little... Uh, Minute clip explaining by an expert, Dr. Marion Walker, how epilepsy and hydrocephalus coexist. It's well, it's, it's, it's I would say it's common. Common. Yes, um, seizures associated with hydrocephalus
6: um, is common. Um, the uh, The reason for those seizures can can vary. Uh, it, it could be related to. Um, the underlying cause of the hydrocephalus is there malformation of the brain. Was there an infection that might have created the hydrocephalus and and caused some some seizure foci? Was there bleeding that might have done a similar thing? Um, so the underlying cause is more than likely the cause also of the
1: seizure to so realize that epilepsy and hydrocephalus can coexist and it's common like he said that's an interesting one now why did Dr. Dede Kirkwood even suggest that Muhammad might have suffered from hydrocephalus this is where it gets interesting now gait abnormality and megacephaly. so on the left side and top we're going to go from the left to the right uh Abu Huraira said when he faced someone he faced him completely so when Muhammad would turn he would turn his whole body around. Okay, this is a gait disturbance we'll come to in a little bit. I have never seen anyone like him, and I will never see anybody like him. So even the companions you'll see will keep saying that the way Muhammad walked was so abnormal that they've never seen anybody like him. Now, the second one, it says, uh, the Prophet, Grant him peace, had a large head and large eyes. When he walked, he bent forward as if he was walking up a hill. When he turned around, he turned completely. Uh, then it goes to the next one. Uh, <clears throat> he had long eyelashes. He's very broad. Between, He walked on his entire foot, but they did not have a hollow. He turned completely towards people or turned his back completely. I have not seen anyone like him before or since. In Musnad Abu Talib, we see narrated by Ali that he had a large head, large hands. His face had a reddish color. Uh, When he walked, he walked energetically as is walking downhill. I never saw anyone like him before or since. Uh, Same thing, when he walked, he walked energetically as if walking downhill. I've never seen anyone like him before or since. Now, this is a little bit weird, but what they mean by he walked energetically, but with a forward lean going down a hill, these are hard to visualize, but I will show you a video which can somehow give you an idea. Uh, he says, "When he walked, he walked energetically as if lifting his feet from a rock." Now, this could be a magnetic gate. I don't know exactly. I've never seen anyone like him before or since. May the blessings be upon him. So we find out a few details that Muhammad had a weird gait, a walking a gait abnormality, a walking disturbance. Uh, this again happens if with hydrocephalus, where there's pressure. Uh, from the fluids in the brain on certain parts of the motor cortex, which can result in gait abnormalities. A lot of other uh, neurological disorders can cause similar things too, like Parkinson's, Huntington's, and whatnot. Uh, So uh, we also learned that he was megacephalic. He had a large head. Now, next slide is a video. This is not exactly what Muhammad's uh, walk gait was, but this is very close to what it would have looked like. Uh, It's mute. You're on so uh, before we start the video, I just want to say that this uh, video, I believe, is just demonstrating a Parkinsonian gait, which is not all exactly like the hydrocephalic gait. But this is the best, closest video I could find to what might resemble uh, the ones reported the hadith. Now, bear in mind, I don't know from what time these hadith are as to Muhammad always walk like this. Was he like this later on in his life? So we don't know enough to be sure, but very interesting. Let's get to that video.
6: This gate is the gate that is a hypokinetic gate. Um, the prototype uh, is Parkinson's um, or Parkinsonian type of gate, in which the patient will have a posture which will be stooped over, leaning forward, and then will have difficulty as far as initiating gait. When the gait is initiated, there are small steps. Oftentimes there's a, there's a tremor associated with this. And as the gait progresses, there may be a picking up of speed or what's called a fenestrated gait. And then in turning, instead of having the normal turning, the patient will turn on block, which means they'll turn almost as a statue moving around And then, again, having difficulty starting and the marsh paw.
1: So again, that was very interesting. A few things to notice, like Muhammad's uh, hadith about his gait said that he was leaning forward and he walked as if energetically lifting his feet stuck on a rock. So I don't know if it's like he had a difficulty time initiating the gate, or he was doing this, It's very, very interesting. And then the additional component where he would turn completely. And then the Sahaba being surprised that they've never seen anybody walk like him, which is a weird additional detail. Now, uh, next slide, I'm just going to show you with the large head. So if people know what a megacephalus in adults could look like, I did read about Muhammad for his large head. And the scholars do say he had a large head, but they justify it by saying that Jimmy Neutron had a large head, therefore big brain, therefore more intelligent, therefore profit. That is not the case. In fact, these kind of anomalies are in, uh, are not something you should be proud of. This indicates uh, pressure in the head, uh, fluid in the head, causing your head to swell up. Uh, but yeah, we see two adults with, a, with hydrocephalus that could have an enlarged head. Now, again, we don't have a picture of Muhammad to know if if he indeed had a head this big, was it a little lesser? But it's in a very consistently reported detail that he had a large head and then his gait was weird and he'd be leaning forward and whatnot. Uh, now, next slide. <clears throat> Remember, we talked about urinary incontinence being one of the third symptoms or bladder control? Sometimes you don't have explicit references by Muhammad, but you have to fetch for him from during through reviewing his habits in his life. And this was noted by Dr. Dede too in his book. Uh, the messenger of Allah was obsessed, and he said most of the torment of the grave is because of urine. Why? You could be hundred other things. Why is urine such a thing? And urination is the main cause of punishment in the grave. This is bizarre. Why is he so obsessed with urine? Right? Allah's messenger said, beware smearing yourself with urine because it is the main cause of punishment in the grave. Then on the right side, we see the Messenger of passed by two new graves, and he said, they are being punished, but they're not being punished for anything major. One of them was heedless about preventing urine from getting on his clothes, and the other used to walk about spreading malicious gossip. The messenger of passed by two graves, urine. Uh, he heard the voices, and then in the last one, he says, uh, again, urine drops over his body. He then took two branches of fresh date palm, and then split them and dug them on each grave and said soon if their punishment will be softened as long as these branches are green. Again, you see a weird connection between urine, out of all things, being the main cause of grave torture. It absolutely makes no sense so unless weird, Muhammad, because, unless yeah, Muhammad exactly. himself had issues with his own bladder control and that he was constantly smearing himself, and that insecurity came out in the form of you being tortured in your grave if you don't because,
0: because you is considered nudges and dirty and it's not like because otherwise you would think you know if this was anything other than you then he would be like this is a sign of the blessing but of course he can't say that
1: because exactly.
0: that seems you know especially in that culture i mean in general any culture but um other than the camel urine drinking thing which is okay and weird but it's, anyways
1: it's, it's yeah it's is bizarre right but yeah um this concludes this section and then the next slide is going to have a big red background uh and we're going to go through a personality change table and from there on we kind of shift towards his personality changes awesome um, but yeah that was all for today guys uh thank you for joining uh i mean we'll have some questions some comments for a few minutes yeah and if you guys want to go over quickly just
0: to prep you guys up for the next part we can look at that table okay uh, we'll, yeah. we'll quickly look at it and then we'll end off um oh lady, yeah i did some actually really excellent comments i want to share which was one of them is this one uh, Black Angel, uh, you know, uh, she's always here in the in the chat and always making me laugh my ass off with the comment <laughs> she's making. But she's being serious. And she says, you guys totally changed my image of Mo. Muslims will watch these series. Muslims who will watch this series will never again see Muhammad in the same light.
1: Yeah, if, if you see it once, that's it. You can never, ever see the guy being a prophet. It's... It's the the evidence is too damning, too explicit, and like I said earlier, too that Muhammad should not be convulsing, forgetting, fainting, frothing at the mouth, and seizing at all. Like none whatsoever. There is no there is no exception. Like as soon as yeah, as soon as any of those things start popping up, you have a valid reason to point questions at his mental health because from what we know now of modern neurology, and just why is God like as we keep saying kicking him in the nuts every time he wants to talk to him yeah. right whereas we have yeah. other epileptic or other patients uh, that experience ecstatic or happy seizures right Yeah, like so, that young guy exactly exactly yeah. but yeah, it's gonna it's 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 like I said it's a paradigm changing uh, view and the evidence when you see it once you're like, whoa, everything kind of starts making sense why he was so weird and bizarre another thing is a lot of the times what people do is they expect Muhammad to behave like a normal person and follow normal thinking and logic and when he doesn't they say oh you know because he he self he criticized himself or something he 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 can't be doing it for like his own personal desires has to be for God right a lot of times we have to change our expectations for Muhammad because he wasn't normal oh. right so that's why we see a lot of his behaviors like it doesn't make sense. Like, why did he start marrying all these women, 18 women in the last, what, uh, 10 years of his life, right? And why were they? some of them super young? And like a lot of them, like Muslims say like, oh, they were widows. Well, dude, they weren't widows because the fact that they were widows. They were widows because Muhammad made them widows because he killed their husbands. And then he would ask them to marry him. Javeria, Sophia, Rayhana, all three of them. He killed their husbands and then married them,
0: right? So- yeah. <laughs> absolutely um sir laney says i'm pretty much convinced you guys are right i am convinced as well um there
1: there is the evidence is 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 explicit well my uh point was that it's so clear that it's on top of the it's, it's the muslims burden of proof now to prove us that these were revelations and not seizures like the burden of proof has shifted due to the insane amount of evidence we have
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, um, this is a kind of funny comment, but I'll just share it anyways. Mm -hmm. Talking about the big head, it was large because he always had some cups (laughs) under (laughs) under this turban. (laughs) Um, that's interesting, I didn't realize he had a big head, I I missed that. Um, someone said, Imagine Salafis copy the the walk that he had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here it is. Hulk said, Imagine Salafis have to copy that walk because they copied the the companions all over, too, right
1: there were hadith where there's i think it's abdullah bin omar Uh, it's not a hadith but after muhammad died he's walking and he gets off his his camel or his ride and then he squats and he does nothing he squats and gets up a few times from this place and the guy's like what the hell are you doing he's like (laughs) oh i remember muhammad got off at this spot and he did this so i'm gonna just do it for that yeah right so the same thing why is muhammad obsessed with growing the beard imitating muhammad's way of living lifestyle dressing Shave the mustache, grow the beard. These are all signs of OCD and delusion. OCD. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Joy. Jo- I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I don't know how those dots <laughs> work. Um, said, Friendly Ex-Muslim, does Abdullah have a Patreon account? No, he doesn't. Um, The donations that you make today, tonight, will go to him. And also, there's a To Abdullah's link uh, on my blog. You can click on that and make a PayPal donation if you're listening to it after the show because uh, we don't have super thanks just yet. Uh, YouTube is working on that. They're slowly rolling that out. Once that comes out, then you'll be able to donate directly on the episode and, you know, the money will go to both of us. Um, But, yeah, and again, thank you to Georgina who donated a lot of money today and you know honestly most appreciated money is valuable and you know this will this money is used if you want to know where the money goes the money is goes towards Abdullah Gondal. so he can you know take more time to do this because obviously he has to work a job as well provide for his family he has a wife and kids and as well I have a research assistant he doesn't really do research right now but he actually does a lot of the subtitles um i hire someone to help out with the with the the thumbnails um right now i don't have a video editor but we're working on that training him to do video editing as well um tons of stuff that is just there's just no time for me to do this on my own so the money is used for stuff like that so the channel can keep going while i'm busy at my nine to five and you know abdul Gondal, this this work is so valuable that if we can actually get more money to do this so that he can spend less time doing other things that's just that's just incredibly valuable um but of course even if he didn't get a penny he would still do this because he cares about humanity and i care about humanity too so at the end of the day we love this topic with just like you know we love this topic anyway so we will talk about it so i think that's all the great comments uh there's probably more i missed i apologize if i missed um any good comments uh a door knob, doorknob a doorknob head thank you for uh the super chat as well 50 dollars um i saw you on the other show apostate aladdin so you're making up for missing a show because you were on that show but i'm just kidding apostate aladdin infinite noodle the best buddies as well so if you guys are watching this show uh, our show it's all good you know they're doing amazing work as well um go ahead you want to say something
1: Oh no, nothing. I was just gonna say thank you so much for uh for all the the, the good comments, the appreciation. I, I am so thankful to you guys. I'm just I just try my best to do this to get this information out. Again, I realize this is bigger than me, bigger than Samir. It's about a lot more people, their faith, and yeah, I, I hope it's spread and people realize and open their eyes. Okay, last so question since yeah. it came
0: up, and then we'll we'll end off with that little sneak peek. Uh, I'll agree on the diagnosis of Geschwind syndrome. I don't even know what that is. So
1: that is exactly the next slide. So uh, this <laughs> exactly the ensuing personality changes that happen uh, have been called Geschwind syndrome by this doctor. But uh, without going into too much details, I'm going to just quickly go over just a table. This will prime us for ready us for the next part of the series. Uh, so on the left side, excessive guilt and hyper-moralistic females can be part of the CPS patient's life experience. We see Muhammad obsessed with moral issues and whatnot. If we see this in Muhammad's life pattern, we can start to inquire his life experience is reality-oriented. And obsessionalism may be seen in CPS patients reflective of anatomically abnormal reverberating circuits that drive behavior to compulsive ideas, leading to ritualistic performances such as spraying five times a day in a certain manner. These reverberating circuits also lead to the phenomenon of viscosity, by which is meant an obvious tendency to repetition that is clearly unnecessary. CPS patients may have a heightened abnormal sense of the personal, in which ordinary life events may be given a deep significance that is not warranted. Hypergraphia has been noted to be a symptom of CPS. Careful studies by Dr. Waxman and Shashdew have shown marked differential qualities of writing about their illnesses, distinguishing between general medical and CPS patients, a hundredfold difference. Another personality characteristic seen prominently in CPS patients is a heightened sense of religiosity. The sense of personal destiny may be expressed in a religious context in that the patient mistakenly misperceives himself as a messenger of God. The patient may experience mystical trance states, periods of impaired consciousness, Something like being in a fog. The messenger's religiosity may become awkward or intrusive to others. This excessive religiosity was first noted by Dr. Escarol in 1838. In 1919, by Dr. Bill Venn reported the case of a 14 year old boy who, in a seizure, saw the God and the angels and heard the celestial fanfare music. Uh, now, with that little summary of some things that might pop up on the right side, we see a full table. Mm-hmm. Now, we're just going to quickly mention what it says emotionality, deepening of all emotions, sustain intense effect, elation and euphoria, grandiosity, exhilarated mood, diagno- diagnosis of manic depressive illness, sadness, discouragement, tearfulness, self-depreciation, diagnosis of depression and suicide attempts, anger, increased temper and irritability, aggression, over hostility, rage attack, violent crimes, murder. Altered sexual interests, loss of libido, hyposexualism, fetishism, transvestism, exhibitionism, hypersexual episodes. Guilt, tendency to self-scrutiny and self-recommendation. Uh, Hypermoralism, attention to rules with an inability to distinguish significant from minor infractions. Desire to punish offenders obsessionalism ritualism wow,
0: there's, there's lots of stuff don't don't give it all away right now <laughs> you saw it for the next episode
1: <laughs> I was gonna finish this and then we'll call it a night uh, ritualism orderliness compulsive attention to detail circumstantiality uh pedantic overly detailed peripheral viscosity stickiness tendency to repetition sense of personal Events given highly charged, personalized significance, divine guidance ascribed to many features of patient's life. Hypergraphia, keeping extensive diaries, detailed notes, writing autobiography or novel. This can come out as verbal poetry as well. Uh, Religiosity, holding deep religious beliefs, often uh, idiosyncratic, multiple conversions, mystical states. They develop philosophical interest, Nasian metaphysical or moral speculations, cosmological theories, uh, dependence and passivity, cosmic helplessness at hands of fate, protestations of helplessness, humorlessness and sobriety, <laughs> overgenerated ponderous concern, humor lacking or idiosyncratic, and paranoia lastly, suspicious, over of motives and events, diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia. Wow, so that actually sounds in a lot of ways fitting. It's almost like I'm kind of reading into Muhammad's life right there. But yeah, that's it's the description of a lot of his uh, behaviors. Uh, now, I'm not going to go any further in terms of uh, showing you what's next, but I'm going to quickly just uh, share one of my screens and I'm going to sh- give you a brief uh, overview of what to expect and what's left for the next episodes. Give me one second. Okay. Oh, okay.
0: Share my
1: screen. I got it there. Perfect. So okay. I'm actually sharing my screen now. Uh can you share the share my screen and i'm just going to go over your, the
0: oh shoot i, that, I thought that was your right screen. right on
1: yeah. so we have anger muhammad's face turning red uh due to anger he would scream at people uh, He didn't smile that much muhammad would get his face red a lot of times and his anxiety and paranoia was well known his sexuality there's an episode coming up uh, a lot of weird stuff his cap grass where he'd mistake Dia akalbi as an angel his delusions where he was literally high as hell, looking at colorful trees and butterflies flying around. His holy spittle, his bodily delusions, his other delusions, we're seeing things. Then the hypergraphia part comes about where we analyze the Quran. Why is he violent? We have lots of interviews popping up from Dr. Abbas, an expert. We get to the OCD here. He even mentions it. Dr. Alicina mentioned it. Then we get to Karen Armstrong, the cases that are, this is all cases all the way till like 415 and then we end up here and then i'll keep adding slides as i go further along uh but yeah this was it for today and i just want to let you guys know uh we will see you next week probably on sunday any closing comments from samir any last questions
0: yeah, I won't do any more questions now, but I'm I'm gonna highlight one more super chat, which is um twenty dollars Canadian from Kasim Wasim saying keep doing what you guys are doing. The work really is bigger than all of us, like you said. That's that's touching words. Also, Gondo, I'd love to talk to you. Please let me know when I can do so. So I asked him to email me and I'll try I told him that you're pretty busy, but I'll try to get you guys in touch. So my email is public, it's just abdullah.adam at gmail.com and uh anyone's you know anyone can email me that's fine i check my i do check my email and uh with that we're gonna call it a wrap uh thank you doorknob head thank you georgina thank you kasim and everybody else that donated earlier on in the show um whether big or small amounts and um of course for coming here and joining us and making this like you know your comments make the show much more interesting it's not not only the super chats; it's just the comments too. your comments make you know especially if you have questions that are related to the content that someone else is going to be thinking especially if you're muslim and you're thinking well what about this right or even if you're not muslim and you're thinking you know you that question about the sexuality was was highly relevant mm-hmm. right and so we we are we, you're able to address these questions which is great because after the show is done you don't we don't necessarily have as much time to engage maybe on twitter but then people won't see it so if you if mm-hmm. you hear it live and in terms of the timing you know unfortunately we have to do it at this time because that's the time where both of us are available um if possible we'll try to you know i'd love to do earlier as well during the day but it's just not necessary. it's not possible right now to for both of us to have that time in common maybe at some point um but you know in the future we will try to do earlier because i do know this time is a little bit difficult for people Mm -hmm. um but yeah no that's that's great and thanks for everyone that joined us tonight and uh the next episode is going to be great there's a lot of you know characteristics there that like as soon as you said them for example you know self-scrutiny uh religiosity obviously paranoia you know lack of humor that's a big mm. one because there's a lot of comments from muhammad about laughing dead and so yeah. there's a lot of stuff coming to uh from the next next uh, episode and maybe we'll have some more from farida Gangur telly <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll actually respond i don't know um this that'll make it interesting if <clears throat> uh, you get some responses
1: yeah yeah definitely but at this point it's like if he makes a response it's gonna be just like <laughs> you're gonna end up with muslims watching this video and you have about so many references that you have to refute. there's so many corroborating versions of hadith from both sunni and shia corpuses and then i mean like there, there's just so much he's it's just like opening a can of worms and like i do feel like he did uh by making that response video initially did push me to do more research which ended up backfiring and now we have this amazing <laughs> series going on so uh yeah thanks to uh farid in, a, in an indirect way for motivating me
0: <laughs> awesome awesome okay everyone it's been a wrap and uh have a lovely day or night stay safe uh as uh, a good friend hard as would say science happens
1: science office and until next week